You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Welcome to Friday night and another Growing Up Rock bi-monthly, monthly live stream with friends. It's our time to host. So here we are with our friends in tow. And uh, we got an interesting one here tonight. Welcome our friends from the Potter Than Hell podcast. Steve, BC. What's up, fellas? Yeah, same old, same old <laughs> trying to get by every day. And what better way to do that? What better way to do you get get by with than with this, with us? What better We're way doing- to celebrate a Friday night? Exactly. We're doing yes. good. We're doing good. Tommy yep. and Zeus, what's going on, fellas, from the Shout It Out Loud cast? What's up, Steven? How you doing, buddy? We're uh, happy. I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to be here on a Friday night. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm just trying to share this to our page and shout it out loudcasters as well. So, but I'm happy to be here as well, guys. So nice. let me let me tell you, I just uh I started the monster episode from the Shout It Out Loud cast on Monday, and I've listened about four hours each day, and so I'm midway through the actual episode. So thanks for that, guys. You guys have kept me entertained all week long. It'll get you through the holidays if you listen to it at the right speed, so take your, take your time with it. Holy shit, can you have more opinions on an album that really isn't that big of a deal for either one of you guys? That's the point, though. That's what I said to Zoo. I said the the more pol- the more polarizing the album, it seems like the longer the review episodes are because there's so many different opinions. When you're reviewing something, you know, like rock and roll over, it's like, yep, awesome, 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 awesome. With Monster, it's like this sucks. Let's spend ten minutes telling you why it sucks. <laughs> Tommy Zeus, Tommy Zeus had it right. How do you not have? Is it modern day Delilah number one? No, no it's, uh, hell. It, oh, hell, hell, or, hallelujah. hell or hallelujah. Yeah. How That's do you- a good song. I, I prefer take me down below. Cause it's a little bit more kiss. Like with the, you know, the, the, the talk, you know, the sex lyrics, Paul and Jean sing hello. Hallelujah is good, but, Man. I don't know. Maybe because I don't. Maybe because I hear it all the time. It's the only song I ever hear from the album. Maybe uh, that's why. Hell I don't or know. Hallelujah and uh, Modern Day Delilah on uh, Sonic Boom are kind of like they're kind of like sister songs to me. Sister, sister al- albums, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sister I, albums too, yeah, yeah. I like both of those songs quite a bit. I I actually prefer Modern Day Delilah. A lot of people disagree with me, but uh, that's okay. And uh, what episode did you guys l- release today, Steve? We put out uh, our second uh, Grammys episode. We uh, Dylan picked two years, and we go over the songs and like the awards and who wins, and it always turns into a discussion of how fucked up the Grammys are. Did you talk about? Did you talk about Ace Frehley and his Grammy? Where's my Grammy? <laughs> we, we didn't get that far yet. We didn't pick that year. <laughs> By the way, Murph wants to know if those are the Potter than Hell guys or the two old guys from the Muppets. Both. Both. They started with these guys. One's the Cookie Monster, and one's that other Elmo dude. Elmo. That is Ingbe oh, and Mike Reno for the people that are just tuning in. Oh my God, Mike Reno! You can't tell Mike <laughs> Reno because he doesn't have his uh, headband on, and he doesn't weigh six hundred pounds. <laughs> I'm only half that. You know, Ann Wilson is the skinny one in that duet. You know that. Right? Oh, oh man. man. Here we go. Oh, here right. we go. Play nice. 
We had one woman watching us, and she turned it off. <laughs> I saw I saw Leslie come in for just a split second, and then she left. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Murph there, Sonny. Oh, nice. I didn't know. Hi, Leslie. I'm not the one talking crap. They are. Stop it. And by oh, them, it's mainly Zeus. Oh, my God. All right, it's so, all good. So what do we got in store tonight, uh, Sonny? We are rank. It's it's October. We're October second, so it's Rocktober because you know it's it's cool and you got to say Rocktober. But we're ranking twenty songs from October nineteen eighty five. What were you doing in nineteen eighty five, Sonny? I was a junior in high school. So nothing. So nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hang up on Zeus? I didn't hang up oh. on Zeus. Uh oh, Zeus we lost, up on us. Zeus got lost tired my, of we, hanging out. We lost. We lost my partner, my co-host. There he is. I'm there back, he, baby. I don't know what happened to him. He ran away. Steve Wright, BC. Know. What were you guys doing in 1985? I was. I was also a junior in high school, and um, just started my going to concert career a couple of years before that, and hitting every goddamn show that came along. So in October of 85, were you still dressing up in Halloween costumes and going and robbing kids of their candy? No comment. (laughs) Those are sealed records. (laughs) I'm not allowed to talk about that. I'll get that Snickers, that little bastard. (laughs) How about you, BC? I was uh, rocking out all the time, of course, and working because my mom told me if I wanted to drive when I was 16, I had to work, get my own car. So I worked and worked and worked to get my own first car. Yeah. So I can drive the concerts. Did Powder it, blue Pinto or what was the first uh, car? Chevy Nova. Uh, 73 Chevy Nova. Thing. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> nice. Nice. The old Mirth Mobile. Yeah. Right on. All right, Sonny, you want to tell people how it's going to go tonight? You're not going to ask Zeus and Tommy what they were doing in 1985. I well, think they're in cribs. I think they're pretty young. That's why I wasn't going to ask them. <laughs> no, I, I was. I was in the uh, just starting sixth uh, grade, seventh. I think well, sixth October, October of 85 would have been the, the beginning of sixth grade, seventh yeah. grade. So seventh literally, grade. Tommy and Zeus were the kids that got robbed by Steve Wright of their candy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah, 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 pretty much. So, but yeah, you can see the age difference here, which is why there's going to be lots of uh, different opinions. But we'll, I don't, we'll, we'll talk about our, our thoughts on the list when Sonny kind of yeah. breaks down what we're doing. Tommy, yeah. do so, you do you remember your last Halloween costume? Oh God, no, I don't. It was probably something Kiss related. I have no idea. I can't remember, unfortunately. No. And we as a kid, was... as a kid, no, I can't remember. Sonny is still wearing his today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, my last costume. Uh, interesting enough, was about five years ago. I went as Pimp Daddy Snoop Dogg. Oh, there you go. All right. Had the fro, had the Pimp Daddy hat, like nice. a shot cup chain kind of thing. Gold so, chain. You kind of like the pimp, like Kramer the Pimp in the uh, Jiffy Park <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Joseph in the Technicolor raincoat. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Dream coat. Yep. Yeah. All right, Sonny, tell people what's going to happen tonight. Okay. So 1985. Lots of music in 1985. So what we decided to do is, since it's October, we go back 35 years and only look at October from the 1st to the 31st. 
So what I did was I scoured uh, the charts to go find 20 guitar-driven rock songs. Some are more rock than others that were either on the Billboard 100 for the song were either on the Billboard 200 for the album or were actually released on October 85. So that's where we got the 20 songs from, if these folks are wondering where the hell the 20 songs came from. So then what I asked everybody to do was listen to the 20-song playlist, as tough as it was, because there were some tough songs on there, and rank them, but only send me the rankings. So right now, I'm the only one that knows the average rankings of all of these songs. And uh, we're going to kind of just uh, share them with you and see what you think and get everybody's thoughts. So that's the plan. Nice. And no ballads. There was mm. no ballads. No. All right. Maybe, yeah, maybe you should have thrown some in there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> no. All right, I'm going to share my screen. Let me know when you see this. Are there we, we go. Yep. Okay. Yep. So here it's going to go. Our collective 20th song was not on the Billboard 100 in, on October 1st. On October 31st, it was number 32. It was not on the Billboard 200 at all that month because the album got released in October 85. Band's ninth studio album, the album went all the way to number four. The song went all the way to number eight. When it was all said and done, and our 20th song. Hello, what the hell happened here? Uh oh. Technical difficulties. Our 20th song has the wrong formula in it. You're fired. (laughs) Stand by for station (laughs) identification. You're fired. Was Sleeping Bag. Sleeping Bag by ZZ Top. Poor Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Steven, you had this thing dead last. Why? I didn't have it dead last. Steve yeah, or Steven? <laughs> Steven, oh. you had it dead last. Um, Shoot. Let me pull up my dang thing. I, oh, my God. I forgot really? I put that. I, we only knew okay. we were doing this a month ago. Okay. So so here's my thing. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. Wait a minute. Lord. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me, let me redeem myself. The reason I didn't know this was n- number 20 for myself is because I flip-flopped it back and forth. So now I remember what was at number 19. <laughs> So Sleeping Bag was at number 20 for me. I love ZZ Top. And let me just say that I like pretty much all the songs that are on this list. But Sleeping Bag for me was a little bit, I didn't like this techno fake sounding drum sound that ZZ Top had going on. And this song is a perfect representation of that sound. And so it's not that I hate this song, but in the rest of the songs that are on this list, yeah, it fell it fell dead last for me. Yeah. And Zeus, it was clearly dead last for you too. Yeah, and and one thing I wanted to start off, and I it was uh Tommy jumped in with the save it, save it. Honestly, there's not really a bad song on this list. I just like certain songs better than others. Even this song, I remembered it. I don't mind it, but it's one of their weaker tracks that I remember from the 80 that were singles. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, how about you? Yeah, I kind of agree with Zeus. Um, For this, just generally speaking, and then I'll just make a couple of comments about ZZ Top, but since we're starting here. So this list was the the bottom of the list was was a little bit easier for for me to make. My top 
10 or 12 could pretty much be interchangeable depending on my mood. So when I made this list, that was kind of the mood that I'm in. But like my number two could have easily been my number 10. My number 10 could have easily been my number two. My number one is going to be what it is. But it's a good there was a couple duds. This is a this is a big dud. I, I really like ZZ Top. I like a lot of their 80s stuff. You know, give me all your love and legs, all that stuff. And I like their classic stuff. This is just like like Zeus and I say on Shout Out Loudcast. When we say like, this is not what I want to hear from Kiss. This is not what I want to hear from ZZ Top. You know, this the the techno, the electronic beats at the beginning of the song. It's just a bad, bad song. And it's another example of a band who just kind of got carried away with what was going on in the 80s. We saw it with a lot of bands that were big in the 70s. And then the 80s kind of, they either adapt or they make a song like Sleeping Bag. (laughs) (laughs) Righty, was the song too generic for you? Well, it's funny because when, when you guys sent the list, and I listened to it. I, I just put it on shuffle play on Spotify and it started. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Duran Duran song doing on this, on this list? <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's ZZ top. And then I listened to it. I, I did my rankings. And of course that was last, but even today when I listened to it, I was, I was doing some stuff at work and it came on and I'm like, how did fucking Duran Duran get in here? And it was like the same. I'm like, holy shit! Like, if, if and nothing against Duran Duran, they have a lot of good stuff out there. But like, I want to get Duran Duran from Duran Duran, not ZZ Top. And BC, you didn't love this song either. No, to me, it's just the right off the bat, the electronic drums. I hate '80s electronic drums, and just it was too. I think Zeus said it techno-ish, very, very turn off for me. And I like ZZ Top. Yeah, I just thought it was generic. It seems like ZZ Top had that, uh, they got the taste of MTV from Legs and then mm-hmm. did that same drum beat for like 18 songs in a row after that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they had some chart success doing it, but it just, uh, when I went back and listened to some old ZZ Top, I'm like, how the hell did they get to Legs to begin with? Because yep. that's not where they started. No. So Sonny, Sonny, we got a couple a couple comments if we want to kind of break down, you know, what, yeah, what yeah, people are saying. So um Brad Rustoven says sleeping bag would fit perfectly on Eliminator, same sound. I yeah, I agree. It, yeah. it, it is, but if it's gonna fit on Eliminator, it's just not a good song. A lot of those songs on Eliminator are good, and the sound is similar. Uh Graham Richley says October 85, not exactly a stellar month for music, pretty wimpy apart from a handful of these. 1985 in general was a real weird year for music because a lot of bands didn't really know how to adapt to the new instrumentation. MTV was a couple years old. So I don't, a lot of bands were like, whoa, shit. which is why a lot of bands that were huge in the seventies, the eighties came and they were like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I mean, you could talk about, you know, ZZ top kiss rush Aerosmith, all those van, van Halen, you know? And I think ZZ top kind of got carried away in my opinion on this song, but yeah, I think what happened here is just an opinion. Flock of Seagulls having that big hit with the synth pop. Yeah. I think started this synth pop thing yeah. that the bands couldn't get away from. Does, yep. does anybody remember the video for Sleeping Bag at all? Yep. What what yep. was it? I don't remember it. Go ahead. Wasn't it wasn't it like uh they were outdoors and like the guy it was like a cabin or something, and the chicks come out at the end or something, I thought. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I thought it was like an outdoor adventure, and you know, all of a sudden the car pulls up again. Some guy was in a sleeping bag in the woods or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was something like that. I don't remember, really remember it that well. All right. So number nineteen, this song, 
was on the Billboard 100 on October 1st at number 48. By the time Halloween came along, song was off the list. The album was at number 13 on the Billboard 200 on October 1st, and by Halloween, it was at number 23. Off their third studio album, the album got all the way to number six at one point, and the song got all the way to number 16. The worst singer on this list, and my buddy (laughs) Zeus, the Steves, and Tom think this song sucks too. Good old smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. <laughs> uh, BC, uh, you weren't in love with this song. What's up, dude? Uh, I wasn't really looking back at that time. I was, came off Shout of the Devil, and then this came out, and Theater of Pain did not really blow me away, especially this being a cover song. It just and their look was kind of glamish, and uh, the only thing that really saves the song for me is, is the guitar solo or harmonica and the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Only saving part for me. Yeah, yeah. Is Steven, uh too much heavy makeup for them in '85 or what? Uh, for me, it all came down, and this is the song that kind of screwed me up with Sleeping Bag because I went back and forth between having this song last and Sleeping Bag wow. last. And the wow. only reason I flip flopped this song with Sleeping Bag is because the video is pretty cool for smoking in the boys' room. It was crew, so they looked cool. I didn't have a problem with their look. Yeah, it was glam, but they looked cool in the video and everything. But Molly Crew doesn't do great cover songs in my opinion and this is a song that i didn't think was particularly a great cover song i don't love the original version of this song so there you go uh, zeus you were the highest ranked here uh, brownsville station fan what's up i uh, honestly uh it, it, i don't know i'm just used to that video i don't i don't think i'm a i'm not a big fan of this it's gonna isn't it a sax solo monica i think <laughs> monica yeah. yeah, it's a harmonic. It sounds like a sax. I thought. Yeah. And what is the what the fuck is that doing in a metal song? Uh-huh. And then and they got the fucking guy from the Hills Have Eye in the video. <laughs> so, you know, I it's got that going for it, but it's just okay. I don't know who said that they don't like the um, the covers. I I said that I don't like Motley Crue covers. You don't like Helter Skelter by them? It's okay. That's probably their best one. That's mm. that's what I'm that's my mind goes right to that. And yeah. that's a great version of it. I don't know. I mean, honestly, there's so much um mediocrity in this in this list. I could have easily had them just as bad as the rest of you guys. Um, there's no reason why I had it at 13. Maybe it's because I'm more familiar with Motley Crue or something, but I'm not that big of a fan of this song either. I know why Tommy had this at 14 because there's other singers you absolutely hate on this list. Is that why? Uh, yeah, there's, I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of songs. I already said it earlier. There's a lot of songs on this list that I legitimately really like. There's only a hand, a handful of songs out of these 20, like, you know, like Steve, like righty said, like put it on shuffle, go for a run or a walk, you know, only a few songs I would really, I didn't really want to hear. This is pretty much one of them probably because of fatigue, but also because this is not a great song. But I think the fact that it's Motley Crue is the only thing that made it number 14 and not, you know, number 18 or 19. But it's it's it is what it is. It's the video is probably the only good thing about it. But it, and it was huge at the time in '85. <laughs> Righty, were you singing this in the bathroom while the video was going on, or pretending <laughs> yeah, to be Vince I, Neil? Uh, you know, and, and my <laughs> thing, what <clears throat> excuse me, what some cover songs are, 
when you hear one, a lot of times you're like, oh, I want to go check out the original song of that. Um, this version, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Brownsville Station because if, <laughs> if, if, if crew sounds like this, theirs must really suck. So I never even went back to listen to that. And the only thing that the saves that I agree with BC is the, the solo because actually it is really cool in your headphones and it's almost like two different guitar players. It goes back and forth. And that's the only saving grace for, for that for me. So I, and, and plus fatigue factor has a lot to do with it too, because yeah, back, yeah. back then it was like played so much. The video is cool though. But, yeah, but yeah. also you were saying that you thought uh, Vince Neil looked like Savannah on the back of the album cover. And that was kind of impressive to you. Oh, Jesus. oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's funny, real real quick about Vince Neil. I was able to pick up uh, a, a vinyl version of Motley Crue 94 <laughs> on the back of it. Fucking Vince Neil's pictures on there. Oh, good oh. Lord. That's wow. a straight up bootleg right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to. That's bad. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> before, like or something. before we get to the comments, Tommy, notice yep. on the average, we were like sleeping bag everybody really disliked there is not another place really on this list where there's such a big gap yeah right agreed yeah the best was what 14 13 yeah yeah so 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 brad brad rustoven says Stephen michael i totally agree with you the covers fall short this is last on my list like zeus said i gotta helter skelter by motley crew is absolutely outstanding i mean the, the, I mean, there's so many different versions of Helter Skelter anyways. Obviously, the Beatles of the original, but other bands did it. But, you know, covers in general, I don't really if, – if it's a good cover, if it just sounds good, it's going to be – I don't I – don't, I would never say Motley Crue doesn't do good covers. They might just pick bad songs to cover, and Smoking on the Boys Room is one of them, I but, think. But let's but, look at the overall covers. Anarchy in the UK, yeah. Jailhouse Rock, Helter Skelter, uh, Smoking in the Boys Room. What else was there? Was that it? And, it and the one thing that those songs all have in common is they're not they're not genre songs that Mo- Motley Crue should not be doing Elvis. They should not be doing punk. They should be taking a classic rock song and turning it into them into their own, which I think which is why Helter Skelter is like an early that's like hard rock Beatles, which is why it, it sounded so good when they did it, I think. Because there's no fucking artist that they're going to cover that Vince Neil can sing better than that the too. previous artist. There you go. That, that, that's that the problem. That too. Yeah. The music might work, yeah. but the fucking singing is going to kill it. So. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well said. Yep. Okay. So number 18 is our first absolute surprise. So follow me on this. I hope I'm <laughs> responsible for fucking up the rankings. That's my goal. <laughs> Billboard 100 on October 1st. The song was at number 38. It got to number 17 by Halloween. The album was at number 10 on October 1st. It got to number eight on Halloween. It was their A studio album. The album sooner or later went number one. The song sooner or later went number four. Out of our rankings, we had somebody that ranked the song number five. We had somebody rank the song number 20. God dang. Okay. And the song is. Never by heart. Oh my God. Who ranked it? Number 20. Wow. DC, we're going to put you on the spot here, baby. You are dead last. Tell us why. Oh God. Have you seen the video? Dude, Nancy is hot as hell on this video. Let him talk. Let him talk, Sonny. Settle down. It's just a great pop song. You mute the sound and just watch the video. Yeah. But uh, I I love heart. And then to me, this, I don't know. I love heart, but this song is so. Catchy, like, me. And there's nothing about <laughs> catchy. The <start> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And I was bummed out because I, I, I love heart, but not this song. Wow. Steven, you didn't exactly rank it that high either. I ranked it. Where did I end up ranking that? That ended up 15. 15. Okay. Only because there was more rock and stuff in front, but that I like that song a lot. I mean, it's a catchy pop uh, rock tune. I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> I, I I can't believe this is number 18. I Zeus, uh, <laughs> you didn't help it either. Yeah. They've had, you know, during that era, they had a lot of those hits. MTV's played a lot of their stuff. It's not one of their better songs. It's just in my opinion. I don't know. She can be hot, but I, it just, I don't know. It's not as catchy. And I don't like, and of all the great vocals that Ann Wilson does, I don't think this is one of her better ones. That's all. Yeah, I really like the song. Tommy Holly Knight wrote this. Like, it's catchy, isn't it? The problem with this song, there's a couple things. First of all, it's it's in this like the fact that you have it fifth, Sonny. I, I was afraid that some of my rankings were going to be embarrassing. I'm glad that you have this fifth no, because I'm not embarrassed. I, I, I love this I song. It's it's a good. It's I love heart. Like everybody, I think everybody here likes heart. But this is another example of the '80s getting the best of a band who was better in the '70s and early '80s. Mm-hmm. I, I just the video is spectacular because Ann and Nancy look ridiculously awesome in this. But the the song is okay, and and out of these other songs, it's just gonna. I couldn't I couldn't put it any higher. You, you, you know? know what though? As much as I love early heart, and I do love early heart, and I don't I I don't disagree one bit with you at all, Tom. That early heart is classic and iconic to me. That eighties album uh, for heart did not uh, offend me in any way. I really yeah. like that record. Yeah, it had some good stuff. So, Sonny, now you need to explain to us how it's fifth. I'll, I'll get there. I, okay. I want to. I want to hear why Righty thinks that Vince Neil's better than Ann Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Vince Neil's better than her at all. The guitar solo <laughs> is what put it ahead of of Hart for me on that okay. one. Um, right. I don't mind it, and uh, you know her voice is fantastic. But um, I go to Hart for like Barracuda, Magic Man, not the like synth stuff. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. though the voice is her voice is still friggin' kick ass, but there's there's you don't get the 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 Nancy Wilson in this song that you have in, in the other songs. Yeah. It's apples and oranges though. I mean it's it's classic <laughs> rock heart versus No, I, I know, but that that's why it was it was so low for me, because I would rather that that the rock stuff than the like synth pop crap. Like ZZ Top. Right on the money because it's the mid eighties and the sound of some bands went in the mid '80s was horrible. Yeah, guys, I just want to add that. So you say heart, I would say Aerosmith. Yeah, uh, Cheap Trick. Yep. Guys, bands that kind of changed themselves completely mm-hmm. to have an MTV sound. And you can like both. You don't yep. have to say, "Oh, I only like Aerosmith with up to down done with mirrors or heart." And before this album came out, the one thing I want to say to you, Sonny, I just thought about this. Of all those big hits that they had during that cluster, those couple albums they had, what about love? Yeah. Uh, these dreams, nothing at all, alone. Yeah. And yep. who will you run to? To me, never is the weakest of them. Still not bad. Again, you have a good list here. So it's not yeah. like never comes on and I'm like, oh fucking get this off. Yeah. So I'm just comparing it. So never could be in could have been number 12 for me. It's not that it's not a bad song, but when I think of heart, I think of those. I like those ones a little bit better. That's all. 
Yeah. For me, it's timing, my age, and what I'm listening to at the time. And I was really getting into MTV. I was really into Top 40. Uh, to me, 80s heart is the best heart. Uh, I like some of that 70s stuff. And after the 80s were over, I really didn't listen to heart anymore. Um, but you're catching me with the Nancy Wilson dancing around it with her guitar at age 15 yep. on fucking MTV as I'm a junior. Right. Yep. So this Bathroom thing was time and, for Sonny. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I can either watch this or I can watch Lita Ford. I have to watch Lita Ford on mute because I don't really like her voice, but I love the voice here too. Right. So um, it's just time. voice. How about uh, some of the comments, Tommy? So a couple comments here. So backing up to um, smoking in the boys room, Daniel people says smoking in the boys room was pretty cool. was pretty cool for a seven year old catchy enough to learn the lyrics. Pretty easy. I've always liked it. Never knew it was a cover until probably five years later. Uh, then Ray Magnone, also known as our buddy, heavy Mayo. Uh, he says, this song is great. Talking about never by heart. The song is great. I have spoken. Ed Hapanowitz says, don't forget about Madonna's Like a Virgin by Motley Crue. Oh, oh good Lord. Wow. We all forgot Thanks about a lot. That. I'm going to choke all myself out listening to that one. There's a reason why we all forgot it. Oof. <laughs> and then uh, Brad again says, Sonny Pooney, I'm with you. I prefer 80s hard over 70s. Great call in response between Ann and Nancy during the chorus outro. Yeah, like uh, Zeus said it, like, said it well, too. It's a good song. It's just when you put it on this list with some other songs that kick ass, it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna make it that much higher for for me at least and for everybody else right. except for Poonie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get to number 17, I wanna uh service announcement here. These 20 songs was a total of 80 minutes. You're welcome. Because if Righty and BC would have made this list, it would have been two and a half hours long. Just want to let you know that <laughs> they would have had the, they would have had the they would have had the twenty minute version of twenty one twelve by Rush on their list. <laughs> yes, rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. No, we would have went for Empire of the Clouds, eighteen minutes long. That would have been that would have kicked it off. <laughs> what the hell is Empire of the Clouds? That's <laughs> off the last <laughs> record. Iron Maiden song. Yeah, it's oh. eighteen minutes long. It's fucking awesome. That's the, wow. actually that, that should that should be the name of this live stream, the that Empire of the Clowns. Be yeah. the name of a, a Facebook group, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So our number 17, again, rankings are all over the place. It was number one on Billboard 100 on, on October 1st, dropped to number 24 by Halloween. It was the number one album on October 1st, and it dropped to number two by Halloween. It was the band's fifth studio album. It was a number one album for nine weeks, and the song was number one for three weeks. We had somebody rank this song six. We had somebody rank this song 18. And if you haven't guessed it by now, money, if money phone nothing. nothing. Oh, yeah. I knew it. Yep. Zeus, number six, baby. Wow. That surprising. is crazy. Okay. That fucking riff yep. is so legendary. I, f- I can't. First of all, you got to put yourself back at that time period. That video was way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. you know, ask an avid sting come in and do the whole, you know, um, mantra of the I want my MTV back then. Huge. Think about how original and cool that was back then. It was so like wink, wink. The video, the song, the riff just rocks. And the, even the lyrics are kind of fun and, you know, kind of out there and a little bit now. He could he can't say half of those lyrics now. Yeah. Oh God! And, and, no. and it's, and it's yeah. dire straits. Yep. It's not. 
some crazy like metal band. Yeah. You can't say any of that shit now. I fucking love that riff. And you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big Dire Straits fan, but that song kicks ass. Yeah. Tommy, you added 18. Your buddy Nikki thought this song was about them because uh, they saw Motley Crue all over the TVs or something. Yeah, I, I'm 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 not a big Dire Straits fan in general, but like I will agree with Zeus. The the riff is just absolutely like killer. It's just killer. But I just I just don't like the song. I don't. I'm just again. I'm not a fan of Dire Straits. I understand the the, the magnitude of the song and the video and having Sting. But again, on this list. Uh, I j- it just wasn't going to get that high for me on this list. Righty, a little burnout for you because that's what it is for me. Yeah, yeah, the fatigue factor takes over here. But um, and, and you're and I think the song was uh, the the one part about the the main coat and all that shit. I think that's about John Bon Jovi actually. But oh, um, wow, okay, yeah, and um, it's it, it's okay. I, I don't mind it. The the the, the riff is friggin' fantastic. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if if you threw in like if Sultan's a swing was there, that would have been in my top five. Great song. Yep. Wow. And BC, this song's a little light for you. I'm surprised you had it at number eleven. I, wow. I gotta agree with Zeus in that. I mean, their guitar riff is by no means was I a Dire Straits fan then. Now. But uh, this song is just it catches my ear, mainly for the guitar riff and the video is kind of cool for it too. Yeah, yeah. The build up ranks so high in my list. Hey BC, that build up, right? The stuff is going on. You hear the drums, you hear the drums, and you hear the, uh, and then boom, here comes that riff. Come on. And the production, and the and the production on the song, the riff sounds so crisp and clean. God, right? It it really. The thing is too, when you get that that build up in the beginning. It's not a riff that you would expect to hear no, with that exactly. Billy. And you're right. like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And then the drums too. Oh, it's just it's just a well done song. I'm I'm not a big Dire Straits fan. I, I don't know anything else by them other than what came out on that and uh, uh, Sultans and what's the other one they had? Walk of Life. Walk of Life. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean that that song too because they they had some clips in that song. But other than that, that's it. But that riff is insane. Yeah, when I pulled this off of Spotify. There's a seven and a half minute version. I'm like, oh hell no! Where is the radio edit? No need. I gotta find the fucking radio edit. Find the radio edit. <laughs> Tommy, how about comments? Uh, so let's see. We got uh, our buddy Ray chiming in saying, "And the chicks are free." Yes, of course they are, according to Dire Straits. Graham Richley says that riff was the sound of the MTV era. Mm-hmm. Brad agrees. Zeus agrees. And then Ray jumps in and says that the drums are fantastic on the song. Yeah, the production of the song is pristine. I mean, it's it's mid-80s, I'll, just absolutely per- perfect production on the song. Yeah. I mean, crystal, crystal clear. I'll tell you what, that song, uh, the production is so damn good on that song yeah. that uh, yep. – we used to use that song as a demo for PA systems in a music store that I worked in. Oh. Just that build up, that very beginning in that build up where it goes into the riff is just amazing. I mean, it sounds so damn good loud. Yep. Nice. So our number 16. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Billboard 100. On October 1st, the song was number 19. By the time Halloween came around, it was number nine. The album was number 21 on Billboard 200. By the time Halloween came around, it was number 13. Band's four studio album. The album got, it peaked at number 13. The song peaked at number nine. So October 85 was the bang zone for this song. 
We had somebody rank it two, eight, <laughs> 12, 17, 18, and 19 all over the board. Get past the leather pants because loving every minute of it is a great song. Great song. Oh what God. the hell what is, is wrong up? with you? Guys? That's a great song. Oh I don't God. know what the hell's wrong with that's you. That's gonna be the that's gonna be a record two in nineteen. That's Holy a great song. Shit, dude. You guys can't get past the bandana. That's what it is. Yeah. Because oh, no. I, I get it. It's not out. the best acting in the video, no, but this out. this was li- written by Mutt Lange. This could have been a Def Leopard song. Yeah. This yeah. is I don't know. It's so catchy. How in the hell you got you guys have a problem with the band name Lover Boy? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to start with you, Stephen. You gave it some love. What's going on with that? Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, Lover Boy. Those first three Lover Boy records for me were really, really good. And this song, how can you deny this song being catchy? Like you said, it was written by Mutt Lang. Uh, I interviewed Paul Dean from Lover Boy way back. Uh, I don't know two years ago or whatever. And he tells the story about how they came up with this song and how uh, much just kind of uh, hummed it to him over the phone. But I think this is a fantastic song. I, I really like uh, this song a lot. Zeus, I want to say this personally to you. I got fun. You want some. I'm ever ready. Dr. Love just for you, Zeus. Oh, that's awesome, brother. I'll <laughs> but take you it. rank this 12. Like what the fuck? Um, I like the song. I told you there's not much difference in the middle here. It's a good song. I think this is them trying to keep up with all of a sudden the pop metal and stuff was starting to come out. And then lover boy wasn't as heavy, but this song could have been done by Def Leppard. It could have been done by Shania Twain. It's, it's (laughs) like that right in that sweet. It's a mudlang song. You can tell his voice is still kicking. It's very catchy, but again, there's a lot of other good songs in the middle there, and uh, I just put it at number 12. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's not a bad song. Tommy, there's no way Mike Reno is worse than <laughs> Vince Neal. Okay, stop. Hold on. Hold on. Say, we're not ranking lead vocalists. Uh-uh. We're ranking songs. Yeah, this okay. song is That's better, right. too. Good point. Hold on. Hold on. I love Loverboy. I am a huge fan of Loverboy. Okay, so it's not it's not a problem with the band. Huge fan of Loverboy. This song sucks. <laughs> this song sounds like a really shitty version of Hanging Tough by the New Kids on the Block. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's just terrible. Oh my god, I can hear it now. Whoa. Right. Whoa. This was first. So they they ripped this off. It's just not good. And I like Loverboy very much. And then Mike Reno, great vocalist. This song is Sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I never even thought of it. You're so right. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Who's next? Righty. Come on, dude. It, it, it's funny that I ranked it uh, 18th. And and it's funny that you say that, that Mutt Lang co-wrote this song. He got it wrong here, but two years later, or a year later for how long it took them to do it when he produced hysteria. He got it right on that album. He got it wrong on this one. Yep. <laughs> You're right. Attaboy. And I love the woes. I love that. Listen to our podcast. <laughs> I talk about that all the time. It's just like, it's not happening on this one for me. And, and plus compared to a lot of the other songs on here, it just, it falls short for me. It's too, 
I don't know, you want to say too contrived, maybe too. It's trying too hard to to be a hit. I think that's the theme of uh, this list in general is that uh, we're all there's a lot of good songs on this list to, to each one of us. And I think there's just like I said, there's not a lot of I like all these songs, but some of the songs fall back because of the other songs on this list. Yeah. BC, uh, Lizzie Borden boy, I'm assuming you don't love lover boy maybe at all. No, no, I, I do like lover boy. Yep. But when I look back at the stuff I love, uh, what I love about Loverboy, this song just—I don't know—the guitar riff is 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 pretty cool, but the rest of it is just. I think Steve said it just they're trying too radioish to yeah. me. Yeah. Yep. Just, it, it, this song don't do nothing. I can't believe we ranked the song number sixteen, and it has the words "Doctor Love." What the hell is wrong with you people? I've never Tommy. listened to the song that close to hear the fucking <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> this, I mean, Loverboy is a good band. They, they are. Oh, they are. Oh, absolutely. In the They're, early 80s, yeah, they had some great tunes. Yeah. They, oh, they absolutely. They got a ton of great songs. Any band that can put together a legit greatest hits collection is a good band. And Loverboy can do that. And, and But this this is just not one of them dude, for me. And we have him right on the couch with us. We exactly. have Mike Reno. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy did the comments love this song at least. The only person who's speaking up on this song is your buddy Brad. He says, Sonny, I'm in your corner. He has it at number four. Yeah, Brad. Oh, yes. Brad, buddy. Oh, yay, yay. Okay. But all right. Love in all fairness, Brad had sleeping bag at number like seven. Well, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so our collective number 15 was on the Billboard 100 on October 1st at number 53. It was gone by Halloween. On the Billboard 200, the album was number seven, and by Halloween, it was at number 10. Fourth studio album by this musician. Album did get to number one, and the song did peak at number five. And only the two Steves were actually alive during the name of this song. Because nobody else was around in the summer of 65 or 69. And Steven, you had it ranked at number nine. That's pretty high. What's up, baby? Uh, summer of 69. So this is a song that grew with age for me. Uh, I like a lot of Brian Adams stuff. And this song definitely has a little bit fatigue. And there's a little bit, there's a several other Brian Adams songs that I like a little bit better. But there's just something about this song in general. I like the story it tells. And... Uh, I like the riff, so I don't, you know, I don't know. There's not a, I had it as uh, where I could put it. The other thing about this song too, is I think that this song is uh, a little bit sentimental for my wife. Uh, Brian Adams was the first concert she saw and uh, she likes this song a lot. So I think it's uh, worn off on me a little bit. Yeah. Zeus, by the time you guys are hearing this song maybe in your high school years, it's pretty much off radio, right? Or are you hearing it all the time? I remember it very well. Okay. Um, I remember Brian Adams. I remember Brian Adams coming. I was young enough to remember when Cuts Like a Knife came out. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, run, straight run, from the heart. Run, and run then when it, Yeah, all that. I remember. Well, Run To You came out summer 69. That was from that album, isn't it? No, Reckless? that was on Reckless. That was yeah. on Cuts Like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Reckless. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's sorry. from that... 
from that album, but Cuts yes. Like a Knife was the earlier one. Correct. I, I remember this song. I thought it, I thought it was actually bigger than what you described in those numbers, Sonny. But it's a good song. Brian Adams was so big back then. Again, it could go anywhere in this list. Fatigue and just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, randoms put this over here. So no, no big deal. Yeah, Tommy, before I ask you what's going on. So it's interesting because supposedly the song is a dilemma between settling down or try to become a rock star, but then Valance and Adams both wrote it. And Adams says the title is to a reference of a sex position, not the year. (laughs) So Valance says it's not Tommy. What do you believe? I've heard that rumor too. I feel like that's kind of like revisionist history by Brian. Yes. Seem to seem cool to the people who are maybe a little older. I, I, Listening to the song, there's nothing there's nothing there that makes you believe it's anything other about the year and getting older and trying to make a decision on what you want to do. I mean, I know I had it ranked 15. Uh, it's a great song. I love Brian Adams. You know, we keep saying the same thing. There's just better songs on the list. Uh, you know, once we start getting here from here on, you know, it, it's pretty much. You know, like I said, my top 10 is pretty kind of interchangeable. I like Summer of 69. It's not my favorite Brian Adams song, but it, it it's a great song. It's a classic. This this yeah. song, do you guys agree that this song lyrically is very, um, it, it reminds me of that whole Bon Jovi vibe, like on a, a song like uh, maybe Blood on Blood or something, where it's just very, it's very identifiable, very uh, story oriented. Story, yeah, yeah, um, story yep. oriented. Yeah, very Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi, just you know, kind of that that theme of growing up, basically. Yep. Yeah, yep. Mellicamp had a bunch of songs like that. Yes. Yeah, yep. Righty, is it just uh, you've been hearing it your whole life? It's just burnout. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the summer of 69 is good, but the winter of 68, when I was born, is way fucking better. Oh, boy. Um, for sure. <laughs> and, and and it's funny, too, the, the song about the sentimentality, Nickelback did that like 15 years later when they did Photograph. So it's, it, it's a you know, it's a recurring theme in songs. It's not bad. I don't mind it. I prefer, um, you know, Brian Adams' heavier shit when he, you know, you know co-wrote War Machine for Kiss and stuff like that. But the song's all right. I don't mind it, but it's, and, and it's, you know, to revert back to what Steven said, there's just so many other songs that I, that I prefer on this list than that. So that's why it ranked. I think I had it. I had it like 14th. Yeah. BC, I was surprised by your ranking. I figured you figured this is a pussy song and just rank it like number 20. <laughs> he likes it because he wishes his name was spelled like that. <laughs> Other than that, Brent, I, I'm a closet Brian Adams fan. I mean, he's, he's had even to this very day, he puts out some good music. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main reason I, my heart is with this song is because uh, back in high school, when we did the talent shows, me and uh, two other guys did this song in the talent show. Yeah. Wow. Can you do, can you do that again for us live on the, on the screen? Can you <laughs> yeah, do the rendition? <laughs> Thank God I was graduated by then. <laughs> but no, that's why it's in the, I mean, it's a good song. He's a good artist, and uh, yeah, like I said, we did it in the talent show, and it kind of sticks with me. Yeah. BC, Tommy, I'm thinking the comments. People love this song, I'm sure. We got Cindy Ruzek. She said the winter of 67 was better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everybody loves this song. I mean, you know, like we said, it, there's just all six of us come from 
you know, a background where a lot of these other songs on the list, I think, strike a chord with us. We all love pop, you know, pop music, pop metal, pop rock. But, you know, when, when you put Summer of 69 on the list with some of these other bands, it's, you know, it's going to be f- number 15, I think. You know, yeah. Brad, Brad says good song, Fatigue Factor. Um, he said Kid Rock lifted the riff for his song First Kiss. I, I like Kid Rock. I don't know that song First Kiss. Well, but, yeah. I got to admit, though, I'm a little bit um, like now I'm really super curious. Uh, BC, can you do Heaven for us or All oh, for One? Oh, my God. When he gets huh? done taking a piss, maybe he will. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mike Reno. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear the Loverboy version of that. Steve's right. Mike Reno. <laughs> BC's Inga. Oh. Yeah, Ing- Ingve's gotta take a piss. Mike Reno's still here. Oh, oh I thought he was Mike Reno. <laughs> oh, I'm the fat one. Oh. <laughs> Our collective number 14 uh is very interesting. It did not chart on the uh, Billboard 100 at all. Not in October ever. Um, Billboard 200, the album, uh, when it got released, was at number 29. It fell to number 39 by the time Halloween came around. And it's uh, the third studio album by this band. Now, the rankings. 18, 18, 19, 4, 5, 7. Oh, God. And it's Mr. Dio. Oh. Yeah. This shitty song. I do not know why you guys like this song. This is Dio's ultimate sin to me. Like I I I, I can't listen to it. I, I I don't I just do not get it. And Tommy, num fourth on this list. I got a lot I got a lot. I got a lot. I got a lot to say. You want me to say it now? I'm gonna yeah, tell you Dungeons and Dragons Metal. Go ahead. Nope. There's one reason why this is ranked fourth, and I know Murph is watching and Murph agrees with me. I is is because it's from the Vision Quest soundtrack, and I love that movie, and I love that soundtrack, and I'll be honest with you, I love this song. I, I, I'm not a huge Dio fan. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, it's you can't you can't separate the artist from the song, and I I'm guilty of that too. But it, I think I love the song. Yeah, it's not it's not your standard Dio. You know, it's not Rainbow in the Dark or whatever. But I I, I think it's a great song. Was um, this song also on Iron Eagle soundtrack? No, it was on Vision Quest. I, the song, <laughs> Iron Eagle. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, um, yeah. I must get those two mixed that's up. What I was thinking it was, but it's not. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's why I had it this high. It's just it's I it's a to me it's a great song. And like I said, maybe that's because I'm not a huge Dio fan, so I don't really care about comparing styles and eras. I just take the song for what it is. Righty at number five. How dare you allow Dio to do whoa 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 oh whoa and get let him get away with it? Like what the hell? But you didn't like it in loving every minute of it, so I don't. It's, understand. Still, it's still Dio. There you go. Yeah, I'll take Dio over Loverboy any day. I'll, I'll listen to Egypt the Chains Around over Loverboy any fucking day. Uh, you know no. what? I have to disagree with that. I'll take Loverboy over Dio any day. Yeah, Sonny, mm. I'm with you, brother. Oh, shocking to hear that. I will too. I like Loverboy yeah. more than Dio, but not these songs. Hey, I'm with Tommy. I love Dio, and I won't take Loverboy over Dio, but I will take Loverboy over these songs. Oh no, I won't do that. I'm, in in, in, ge- in general, I will take Lover Boy over Dio. These two songs, it's Dio by a mile. No way. BC, I know you're a big Dio fan. Is that where the number seven's coming from? Yeah, I would say, uh, t- and I love that album. It's off of, but uh, to me, it's the weakest song on the album. 
but the, the guitar solo again saves this song in my book and that's and i love dio so that's probably why it got such a high rating Yep. All right. So then let's get to the sensibility here. Steven, oh. number 18. I can't believe I called you sensible, but th- this is the better <laughs> ranking here. I love the Dio. The Dio song that's on um, Iron Eagle is Hide in the Rainbow. Okay. Oh, Dio. Okay. That's Dio. not great either. Dio no, that was is literally. Sonny's <laughs> <laughs> on a roll. <laughs> Steven, what'd you think? Number Dio, 18? Dio is literally a top 10 artist for me, but. This song is not one of my favorites. And that, that other song that's not on the list that Steve mentioned, Egypt Chains Are Around, that's a horrible song too. But, uh, I mean, no, head and shoulders, this song is just not great. And I understand what Tommy's saying for sentimental reasons on the soundtrack. I get that part of it. But there were way too many other songs on this list that were way better than this song. So that fell to 18 for me. Wow, that's rough. Oof. Sunny hey. 19. Eesh. Zeus 18 Zeus, also. 18. The wow. sensible one. Yeah, so it's on Vision Quest. Total, total, like one of the best soundtracks of the 80s. When soundtracks actually meant something, Yep. Uh, it gets <laughs> it to 18 because it was on that. It's, wow. it's not terrible, you know, but it just, I can't d- d- deal with his little elf-like personality in the Dungeons and Dragon, like, dork fucking metal. So I just can't do it. I can't. It's fucking painful. It's painful. Take your fucking Dungeons and Dragon rock and get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. Fucking elves and, and the queen and it's just stupid. It's fucking ridiculous. All right. Other, other than that, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Tommy, any comments agree with anybody? So our buddy Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks is in here. He says, Hungry for Heaven is great, and so is Ultimate Sin. Oh, Uh -oh. good Lord. Uh, That's a no and a no. Our friend Kara Lynch says, Vision Quest, exclamation point. Kara's in watching. Yeah, I can Uh, see that. Um, Jay then jumps in back talking about Loverboy. Loverboy makes makes me want to wear red leather pants. Ooh, <laughs> yikes. And then Cindy Ruzek says last in line. So talking about oh, Dio. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a you know, like I said, it is it's it is what it is. I, I I'm a fan. <laughs> we're gonna All right. do a we're gonna do a Dungeons and Dragons episode on the Potter Than Hell podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, we're gonna make him listen to like fucking five albums of this shit. Hall of the Mountain King is that sabotage? (laughs) Sabotage. Yep. Yeah. All right. So our collective number thirteen was number eight on the Billboard 100 at the beginning of October of '85. It went to number twelve at Halloween. The album was at number nine on the Billboard 200 on October 1st, and it got to number four by the time Halloween came around. This is artist's eighth studio album. The album got all the way to number two at one point, and the song actually peaked at six. We had two ratings of a four and a five. Whoa. And then we had somebody that was at 19. <laughs> two lonely people <laughs> like me and Tommy actually like this to- song. I know what it Tommy, is. Tommy, yes. give, me, give me your thoughts here, buddy. Okay. I, I'm a huge John Mellencamp fan. I've seen him in concert once. My wife, well, but we weren't married yet when we saw him. Um, great live artist. I've liked him since he first came on the scene with, you know, way back in the early 80s with, with MTV. This 
has always been my favorite Mellencamp song. This particular song has always been my favorite song. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I just, I like his music. I like, I like a ton of his stuff. And this just happened to be the song that made this list. And this happens to be my favorite Mellencamp song. Um, so I put it number five for me. Righty, not metal enough for you. It is not. I don't mind it. I don't mind the song. It's just, um, there, I like a lot of his songs. I like a, a lot of his songs way better than this one. Yep. It just it just fell short with the other songs that were on there, and and I, I really don't mind John Mellencamp. There, he's a lot of a lot of cool songs, a lot of good stuff. And this was one of the songs um, when we did this list. I'm like, how the fuck did they pick these songs? Like, you go from right, like <laughs> Rat to, to Dio to John Mellencamp. I'm like, <laughs> all over the place. And, and it's funny too because when today, actually, about an hour before we went on, I'm like, I'm like, all right. Here's a list of fucking kick-ass albums that came out in 1985. Why didn't they pick shit off of this? But now I know why. <laughs> yeah. That you know we have we have we got what we got. But um, I like it. But it's just it falls short of a lot of the other songs that are on the on the list. Yeah. BC Dead Center for you. I can uh, picture you singing this halfway in the bag on the cruise all by yourself <laughs> on the Lido deck. I will do that. That'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> I always like uh, John Cougar, Mellencamp, whatever he's called nowadays. But uh, this song, I think when I got right out of high school, I started working with some older guys. And you listen to radio 12 hours a night. And this song was always on every night. And it just sticks in my head. I think that's why I ranked it so high is memories. And yep, it's not a bad song. Yeah. And while BC's on the Lido dick, it's a lonely old night. I can imagine Steven, <laughs> shut up. Steven, <laughs> you didn't love this song? No, I mean, I'm I'm exactly in line with uh, Steve Wright. Uh, I like Mellencamp, and I like a lot of Mellencamp songs. And this song is okay, but it's not one of my more favorite Mellencamp songs. I'd much prefer... You know, stuff like Jack and Diane and Play Guitar, I like a lot. Scarecrow, I like a lot. So there are just better songs from John Mellencamp that I prefer. Yeah. And uh, it was just above the bottom fourth for you, Zeus. Yeah, and it's a good song. It's decent. I only know his hits. Never got into them. This is all right. Don't mind it. But it doesn't stick out. And... um you know, you just uh, it, you got the you got the kind of like the pop rock kind of people that I'm noticing, and then you got the like rock metal. So I've, I'm all, I'm kind of curious to see what what's going on here. It seems like more of the popish guys are towards the bottom. We'll see how the rest of this goes, but I'm surprised of all of them. I thought John Mellencamp would be towards you know the the last few. I'm surprised he's this high, and that's good to see. It's not a bad song. Yep. Yeah, Mellencamp for me has this bang zone, like from like 82 to like 87. It, it felt like Mellencamp can do no wrong. And after 87, it didn't feel like he could do anything right. So uh, yeah. I don't, there's a few bands like that for me, but he's definitely one of them. Tommy, any love for this on the comments at all? Jay is just Jay Scott from the hook. He said, are we, are we classifying John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp and John Mellencamp separately? No, we are not. Well, I'm not. Uh, and then Cindy Rusick, I don't know what this means. Uncle Alice, is that an inside joke? I don't get it. I don't know. 
And then our buddy Brad had it at 13 as well. Mellencamp is to Indiana like Seeger is to Michigan. I'll take that because I love Bob Seeger also. Um, I'll take that, Brad. It's a good, good, uh, good analogy there. Yeah, that's really good. Yep. And Jay, Jay Scott, good job on the sabotage, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he said, hey, now, sabotage. Sorry, oh, good. Whatever. Yep. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so our 12th collective song on October 1st, 85, it was ranked number 49 on the Billboard 100. It dropped to 86 by Halloween. And on the Billboard 200, the album got to number 39 and dropped to number 43 by Halloween. It's their eighth studio album. The album actually topped out at number 35 when it was all said and done. It topped, the song topped out at number 44. The first 30 seconds of this song to me is complete shit, but we had somebody rank it number five, and that would be good old Zeus. Dude, you're in love with this song. What is up? Do you want to know something? So I went by, of the 20 songs, I had 15 of them. Uh, I don't have Spotify. I have the free version. So I had like I went to YouTube to see if I could find them. I'm like, oh, they have a video for this. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll play it. I didn't remember the song. And as soon as it played, I was like, holy fucking shit, I remember the song. I really like this. Hadn't heard it in years. I kept playing it because I hadn't heard it in years. And I'm like, fuck, I really like this song. That's why I put it up there. Very catchy. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, it was their biggest hit between 80 and 88 uh, chart wise. It just feels like they were trying too hard to get on the radio, right? Uh, it's a great song. It really is. It's super melodic, super catchy, like most cheap trick songs are. But right here from what I had it at 13 from here onward is kind of a, is where the toss up comes in for me. Um, I could have had this song as high as Zeus had it. I think it's, I think it's a terrific song. Very, very, very catchy and melodic and hooky. I like it a lot, but from, like I said, from here on it, it's a, it's a toss up. All these remaining songs are all awesome. Righty. All I need is someone to love in tonight is you, baby. How about number 13? It's always me. (laughs) Um, You drew the short straw. Yeah. (laughs) I don't mind. Actually, I, I thought I heard Sonny singing this in our in our cabin last <laughs> at one point or another. But uh, I don't mind it. it. It it's real catchy. The 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 chorus is cool, and um, I don't mind it. I like it. It's it's like middle of the middle of my list. I think I ranked it like thirteenth. So, um, it's hey, it's twelve on here. So I you know I you know I'm right in the right in the the curve. BC, how about you? Because pretty much everybody else had it like between 12 and 14. It, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've always loved Cheap Trick since I was a kid and playing the jukebox on the, di- the diner. When he went to the diner, he put a quarter in the jukebox. And I always, always a fan of Cheap Trick. But uh, a little, it's so low because uh, to me, it's a little radio ish for them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Overall, it's a good song. I mean, I really like it. But it's probably the closest to a bow that we have on the list here. I yeah, would say probably. Yeah. 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 And it's not even really a ballad, but you're right. So if you're going to push yeah. towards a ballad, yeah. this is probably it. Yeah. Yep. Steven, to me, it feels like two songs jammed together. Did that feel like to you? No, not at all. I just think it's a, I mean, there's some, some off sections in this song, but 
overall, melodically, it's just, it's such a pop classic. I mean, I love it. I ranked it at exactly number 12, so. Yeah. Okay, so as you can see on the line of number 11, there's that little gold highlight. What that means is this was my worst song, and the Tommy's is the next one. Okay, so oh, okay. That's what those little gold. Oh, right. And all the right. blue means the blue means that was our number one. That's right. Okay, gotcha. So this song was not on the Billboard 100 chart at all. It never charted. Uh, the album went to was at number forty six on October first eighty five. By Halloween, it was at number seventy four. Their tenth studio album. The album topped out at thirty two. The song is boring. The girl in the video is a fucking nightmare. She can't dance. The song is complete, complete shit. I know what this Ba-ru-to. is. I know what I this is. I have no idea I'm... how we got two number fours on this list. Hold on, I got a this song is shit. I got a band. I got a band. <laughs> I got a banner just for 20. this. Hold on, I got a banner just for this. Holy <laughs> virus, dude! It's ACDC. Yeah, exactly. Like the animated fly. Wow, Steven, right. this Let's doesn't talk. even hold a candle to Loverboy. Number four. This does not deserve a number four. I love Sink the Pink. I like oh, Fly on the Wall, terrible. the album. Terrible. It's a great song. Did you guys see the video? No. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. I don't care okay, about but the, the video. The song isn't. Yeah, we're not ranking. Is, we're not ranking videos. Right. We're not ranking videos. What is what is is big balls and lightning to you or something like? <laughs> I mean, it's stupid. It's ACDC. <laughs> it is stupid. They're all stupid, dude. You have a Kiss podcast. You want to talk about music being stupid? What are we talking about here? It's Zeus, number ACDC. four. Number four is too hard. That's fucking solo. Honestly, it's a catchy ass fucking oh, riff. No, it's the song. The, I'm not a big fan of the Brian Johnson era compared to Bon Scott. The song kicks ass. Yeah. Come on. It's great. The song. video's stupid and it's terrible. I agree. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> can you? Please put some sense into this. No, I had it again. I had it as 11 because now we're getting into my sweet spot for this ranking. The song, I love the song. It's got, a, I love the chorus. It's, I mean, the production, it's, it's way overproduced because it's mid 80s ACDC. And like Zeus, I am after Back in Black and for those about to rock, I gave up on Brian Johnson ACDC stuff. I'd never fall, I never even owned this album. I like the song. Um, I, to have it ranked last out of this list is just insane but that's that oh and we got and jay scott from the hook rock apparently is also insane because he says I, he agrees with you sonny yes oh my Dude, god buddy. jay and brad brad says there are seven songs on fly on the wall that are better than sink the pink oh <laughs> wow god that's probably that's that's accurate i think i i don't know i'd have to i'd have to see which seven but i like sink the pink a lot so i i don't think that that's true but uh, righty thank you for not being in the top 10 so you're not super in love with this song no no it is if as far as acdc goes it's it's like probably not even in my top 60 acdc songs Mm-mm. um the only reason it's that it's 11 at all is because it's acdc yeah that's a terrible reason that's why he's really <laughs> sells albums because he's ace Fraley. yeah <laughs> god <laughs> BC, 
<laughs> shed some light on this. You seem like you're more sensible here. Uh, yeah, to me, uh, this uh, ACDC did not do anything for me. There's mid-tempo ACDC at this time. I I think I totally checked out on ACDC at this time because there's so much more music coming out in 85. And I mean, it's ACDC, don't get me wrong. No matter where you go, you go to concert, they're playing it between bands. You're tapping your foot. But other than that, this this does not do anything. Uh, you know, you're not hearing Sink the Pink at those concerts. I tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no fucking. Way. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> Tommy, any other comments? Uh, no. Jay, Jay, and Brad are, are a big fan of the album. Jay says "Flick of the Switch" is a great album. I wouldn't know because I've never owned it, but I, I don't know. I guess that I guess people like the album, but. I don't know. I can't believe you have it ranked twentieth. Like, just, yeah. I think was it was it Righty who said it? Just ACDC alone gives it uh, should no. give it a high ranking. No, I don't okay. let that. I don't let any band do that for me. Okay, their name alone will not get them ranked high. Okay, me. their gotcha. name alone might get me to listen, but right. I will not rank them like that. Okay, all right, I hear you. All right, so before we get into our top ten, you can see on the right hand side here that we have ten songs left to rank. Yep. Coming home live, four in the morning, I'll see the light tonight, in and out of love, invincible, midnight dynamite, open fire live, she sells sanctuary, tears are falling, and you're in love. So you can get an idea of what's going to end up in the top 10 right now. So our number 10, the song never charted. The album got to number 17 on October 1st. By Halloween, it was at number 35 on the Billboard 200 this band had already had nine studio albums by the time this album comes out and uh the album got all the, it topped out at 17 so on october 1st when it was number 17 it was already topped out why tommy has a hate for this band i will never know <laughs> i know it i knew, but it. I knew he, it but how coming home can be number 20 on top you're gonna have to explain that tommy that's <laughs> easy he's anti-scorpions easy the only thing worse than the Scorpions <laughs> is live Scorpions. <laughs> oh my god! So when you gave me when you when you printed that when when you sent us the list, Scorpions instantaneously was twenty. <laughs> it was it was automatic twenty. The song oh. is te- I don't like the Scorpions and this song is terrible and it's live so it's like the trifecta of just shit. Oh, and Steve is Steve saying I'm sad for Tom. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite righty quote. I'm sorry. I'm very sad for you, Tom. I know. I hate it. it it's just you can tell Tom's not a, a fan because he says the Scorpions. It's just Scorpion. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even care. Tom, it's the Tom, bag. It's 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 the bag of shit. Tom, why do you? Tom, why do you hate the Germans so bad? <laughs> Because he's a li- Zeus doesn't like the little elf. I don't like the little German. All right, he doesn't. <laughs> oh my we have, God. A, we have a problem with little lead singers <laughs> and, and and singers that have like fucking the Gallagher skullets going. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Jay, Jay Jay says, Tommy, do you need a hug? No. Look, when I was in high school, I owned a lot of Scorpions albums. I did. I had Love at First Sting. I had Best of Rockers and Ballads. And then, I don't know, I think I just got smarter as I got, grew up and was like, this man sucks. I can't listen to them anymore. That is so <laughs> insulting to us that love the Scorpions. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh no, Righty said it's Scorpions. It's not the Scorpions. It's just well, we, we, can't, we can't say love Scorpions. It's not proper English. 
Love the Scorpions. Yeah, but well, you they, say I love the Metallica. Wait, I love the all, kids. You don't all say of a sudden we're getting proper English from fucking <laughs> Stephen Michael. We enlighten <laughs> we enlighten people on these shows. Yeah. That's right. Righty. Cats are gonna start sleeping together. Righty, great live album, crazy energy on this song, right? Oh, absolutely. And and the best part about the song for me is it takes out that crappy little slow part in the beginning. Yeah. And fantastic. <laughs> bc uh, my guess is uh, love at first things a desert island album for me i actually like the studio version better but you love this song i love the i love scorpions to begin with coming home classic i ranked it number four and everything is better live no <laughs> not everything's better no. Like, no. have you heard i was made for loving you live not everything. Oh, happened. stop it. We're not kiss bashing here. Stop I'll it. I'll tell you what, I, on, on Kiss Alive 3, that's, that's fucking bad. excellent on that's there. It, it does sound awesome. Everything is not better live. <laughs> and Kiss Alive 3 is not most. live. <laughs> and, and can we also, can we just, on a separate note, it's it's absolutely one of the all-time worst live album covers in the history of live album oh, come covers. come on. It's awful. Whatever. Stop it. Terrible. Everything about it's just terrible. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't think that's energy. Water. I don't think that's energy water. <laughs> Stephen, uh, create some sensibility here. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tommy is going to end up in the gulag at some point. <laughs> as long as they don't play scorpions in the gulag, maybe I'll be okay. But I don't know. Tommy is going to be uh, stationed with Hogan's heroes, trying to talk to Schultz and get out at some point. It could be. I love the Scorpions. I don't know if I like the live version of this song better than the studio version, but this is a great song. I like the slow intro building up to the heavy part, but this song's killer, man. This this album is killer. The live album's killer, and Love It First Sting is killer. Scorpions are definitely one of the top 10 bands for me growing up. Yeah. Okay. Zeus, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you uh, explain your friend, please, and talk some sense into him? Yeah, he's always had this thought about scorpions. I don't know what it is, um, but he can't stand his voice. And I get it it because I can't stand Getty Lee. I can't stand their music. I can't stand anything about them. They're fucking ugly. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to look at Rush. But that's just me. But anyway, and that's how he probably feels about the scorpions. Who didn't have that fucking album? Worldwide Live. Who yeah. didn't have that growing up? That Maybe. was a staple, but that was a staple along with pyromania, <laughs> all that lot, shit yeah. back then. Everybody <laughs> had that. I remember the videos. I remember all the stuff for the live thing. Come on. That's a great song. And even the buildup. So that's one of those that I can, I depends on what mood you're in. You want the longer version with the slow part coming in or you want the live version. It's a little bit more rocking. They're both great. It's a very catchy song. Yeah. Music, uh, mus- musically, I, musically, I'm. I think the Scorpions kick ass musically. Honestly, I Klaus's voice. I like Zeus said with Rush that that's that's the breaking point. I'm not comparing Klaus to Getty Lee, but but a lot of times that's the breaking point for people with Rush. Is like I like the music. You know, Neil Peart is great, but I can't listen to Getty Lee's voice. That's how I am with the Scorpions. I just don't like the sound of his voice musically, especially the guitars in the Scorpions. I'll give him credit for that. They kick ass. They we are Scorpions! Ninety percent of the shit that Sonny hates is because of that very reason. He can't take the voice. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is for me. It's one of the things yeah, about it's a breaker. The, it's a deal breaker for me if the vocals are bad. I can't do it. 
Yet yeah. he yet he, he can hear his own voice. But go ahead. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, one of the things about the Scorpions, though, is, and maybe I'm wrong, you never hear anybody say, I was influenced by the Scorpions. It's a good point. None I don't know those, why. Well, wait, oh, none of those uh, European bands that you guys follow no. so well, none of them say that. No, Even but what all you, the interviews we've done, Scorpions don't come up. But what you really? do, what you do hear yeah. is that they were influenced by Michael Schenker and yeah, U- I was, Uli I've Roth heard that and Uli yeah. Roth, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and those guys are awesome. Those guys yeah. are great. But yeah, Tommy, you got to read all the comments, not just the shitty ones. Okay, so let's go back. So let's see. So Steve's righty says, I'm sad for Tom. Jay Scott says, Tommy, do you need a hug? Uh, Brad going back to ACDC says, It might be my favorite ACDC album. Flick of the switch, a fly on the wall. I mean, oh my God. Whoa. Woo. Jay Scott says, How dare you rank dire straits higher than the Scorpions? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That, that's fair. That's fair, Jay. C- Cindy says, I'm with Tom. Then and Jay piles on again. Tommy, who, who hurt you? <laughs> and, and then Brad is Brad's back in love with uh that that ACDC album. Um <laughs> he can't let it go. R- Righty is sad for Zeus as well. But Zeus likes the Scorpions, so don't be too sad for him. I think he didn't like my comments about uh, the Rush. elf or what's the name or Rush. <laughs> okay, okay. And Brad's talking about flicking the switch. I think. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So our number nine, the album actually released in October '85, so it was on n- none of the charts in October, and the album only got to number eighty-seven when it started getting there. And you know what? Just a lot of people don't really know this song because they're not really known for this specific song, but. Uh, she sells sanctuary. I, oh, I think it's a good song. Oh, I mean, righty, you uh, you ranked it pretty healthy. I think we lost right and got Kirsten. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Carson's here. Carson's oh. here. What happened? To, what happened to righty? He's gone. We wanted at least one good-looking guy in the podcast tonight. Wow, That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> well, we'll start with Tommy. Tommy, you love this song. Seems like. Scorpions, probably other than Kiss, probably my 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 favorite band on this entire list. I, I you I'm said sorry, Scorpions. Cult. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know because because I, I had Scorpions on the brain. I'm sorry. The Cult out uh, of uh, this entire list, I absolutely love the Cult, and I absolutely love this entire album. Um, I could have ranked this song even higher than I ranked it. I mean, three's three's pretty high, but it's 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 one of the Cult's best songs. Um. Just a, a huge standout hit for me. Always been a fan of the cult and especially this song and this album. Yeah, Righty, there's something about the cult I like. I think it's the groove. Is it the same thing for you? Yeah, I, I think so. And I'm not a huge, a huge cult fan, more of a, a hits guy. But when this song was on, they're like, oh, the cult. They're, they're another band that like I'm like, fuck. Like when I hear that name, I'm like, I think they suck. But then when I listen to them, I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty fucking good. Go he listen to heard. go listen to go listen to Sonic Temple and tell me that the cult sucks. That album. No, is I know, I know, but I don't know why. I don't know why that's in my head when yeah. I hear that name. Yep. And um, he does. I, I forget what he does. A song on the first slash, um, Ghost, Ghost. album. He does yeah. Ghost, right? Ghost. Yeah. It's the first. Yeah. I think it's the first song on the album. Actually, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it just fantastic I, I like that song you, you know you listen to that you listen to firewoman um she sells sanctuary is freaking excellent i, I like it. it it's um i had it number seven so nice i'm doing something right yep uh, bc i'm assuming you got a problem with the video because he's wearing like a pirate suit or what, what's the problem here? <laughs> he doesn't want to be a pirate i don't want to be a pirate uh 
No, I just, I mean, to me, it's, I, I like the cult and they're great live band, but it's lacking guitar. The only thing going for this song, in my opinion, is the drums. I mean, the drum sound, but. Yeah, this that's a good point. But that's a good point, BC, because the cult, the, the thing that stands out with the cult in a lot of their songs is is their guitar and the yeah. way this song, the way this song is like written and produced. The guitar, it it it's arranged weird, so the guitars don't stand out like they normally do on the, on cult songs. That's a good no. point, but I, but it's still the cult. So still the cult. Yeah. yeah. Steven, for me, this song starts off a little slow. It takes a while to get going, but when it gets going, it's pretty good. Was it the same for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the cult has so many different flavors. Uh, they're all over the place throughout their uh, career. She Sells Sanctuary is a great song. I encourage anybody that if they're not fans of the cult, go listen to the whole album of Electric. I absolutely love that oh, record. Awesome I mean, album. It's if you if you like ACDC and you don't like the record electric, you're nuts. But yep. uh just yeah, it's a great song. And Zeus, you obviously are a cult fan. Um at least as far as that song is concerned, yeah. They've got a few that just follow in that, like Firewoman and stuff, that it's the guitar and it's his vocals and the beat. It just I, you the cult is a band that never got too big. But if you play one of the songs, I immediately go, oh, that's the cult. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can pick that up like that. And this is one of them. But I always had the thing about, like, you know, because I didn't have the lyrics back then. What the fuck was he saying? He used to kill me. What was the chorus? What was he saying? I could never understand him. Yeah. And then finally, when I finally <laughs> was like, oh, the world? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what he's saying. I mean, I had no idea what he was saying. Uh, but it's a great, catchy tune. You can't, I mean, you can't say anything. And whoever just said that, if you, if you like ACDC and you don't like the cult, that doesn't make any sense is absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. Electric. That's a good call. Steven electric is fantastic. And uh, Sonic temple to me is insane. That album has so much great stuff on it. Uh, Tommy, what happened to these guys? Cause they had like three or four albums that were just incredible. Felt like that. Yeah. Anything I heard off those albums were great. And then they like fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah I, I I honestly I don't know. They were they hit that sweet spot with Sonic Temple. They had Bob Rock produce it and it just that set them off. There was a hit after hit, but even Electric was big. The Love album before that was big. They were huge. And then I don't know if they just kind of just ceremony like most, ceremony took them downhill. Well, ceremony brought them back because they used to be called the Southern Death Cult. That was the name of their band, like way, mm-hmm. way back. So ceremony got them back into like some of that like you know, weird kind of stylistics of their music. It kind of got them away from what, what made them popular. And then of course the nineties came and yeah. grunge came and that was the end of the cult. Unfortunately, they I, saw, also, them, I, I yeah. saw them in concert. I saw them in concert about 10 years ago at a small place in Boston. They were insane, but it was just know, unbelievable live. You know what? If you're a, if you're a fan of, of good hard rock, heavy rock, I encourage people to go check out the cult record that came a little bit later. Uh, War and Peace, I think, is the name of the record. Uh, okay, that's a yeah. killer it's, record. Is it the white album cover with like the the no the animal it's, it's a, on it? No, it's a red one. It's a red cover. Okay. I want to say it's called War and Peace. I have to look it up, but it's a fantastic record. Well, I don't I don't buy albums with red, that have red colors. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was gonna what I would think about the cult, I was gonna say is the other thing is they didn't really have like a genre that they were part of. 
Right. They had kind of their own style. You couldn't put them in with the LA glam metal, Mm-mm. now called hair metal. You couldn't call them thrash. They're kind of like the black crows and stuff. That middle stuff that kind of took over later that went into grunge. They weren't really, they just had their own little stuff. And I think when grunge came out and killed what's called hair metal, they really didn't have a place for themselves. And yeah, they didn't have an audience. Fine. They had a unique, yeah, they had a unique style too, but the thing that separated them too from like hair metal, like lyrically too, like their lyrics were, they're almost like intelligent, like, like they weren't talking about chicks, like Zeus said with the sunset strip, but they, they weren't talking about like, like if you, if you listen to their albums, like, you know, you could tell that the band is relatively smart when it comes to lyrics. Cause it's, it's, they just couldn't find their niche. And I mean, they were popular for that short stretch, but then they just came with didn't a cu- couple. Oh, Zeus, go ahead. I was going to read a couple. I was going to say, didn't but, he take over for like the doors for a little bit? Yeah. Like, he, yeah. He, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, they asked him. He was, like him. The, he was on a very short list to to do stuff with the original doors guys. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that at all, but he, he killed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, believe, I believe it. Yeah. He can feel, he sounds like a little Jim Morrison in that voice, that bass mm-hmm. in his voice. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that album I was trying to tell you guys about earlier, Brad Brad Rustoven got it, which is it's it's called Beyond Good and Evil, and that okay. that's a that's a great cult record uh, to go check out. Okay, yeah. Tom, we got a we got a comment. Oh, Hold on, yeah, go I was going to say this feels like the Doors. This is what the Doors would become twenty years yeah. later, right? Maybe. It has mm-hmm. the Doors feel anyway, and that might be what I like. There's something about the cult I like. I can't put my finger on it, but I yeah. do like the Doors, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Attaboy, yeah. Sonny. Attaboy. Our, our yeah. buddy Daryl Albert says that Ian Asbury is apparently a handful to work with. So oh, if that, if that's true, then that's the end of that's the end of it right there. And he invented the puffy shirt. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cindy Cindy Rusek says not big on the cult. And then Brad says, well, obviously Brad's a huge fan of the Cultums too. So yeah, just a, a, a great band. I like, I just keep going back to that Sonic Temple album. I love that. All right. So our collective number eight, somebody had at number 19, by the way, <laughs> the song never charted off the second so, uh, studio album. <laughs> yeah. oh, this is on Zeus. October, on October of the video. 1st. I know, I know this on, is Zeus. Hold on. So Billboard 200, the album got to number 56 on October 1st. By Halloween, it was number 52. It's possibly the first time you ever see a guitar twirl. You got the singer lip syncing to somebody else's audio track. It is the mighty Ingve Malmsteen. I Zeus, explain yourself. <laughs> you must explain yourself because, dude, there is nothing wrong with this song. I've had, I had, I'm not kidding, on my own. I discovered anyway, I had his first four or five albums. I had them before I even went to college with you, Tom. Yep. I had them. I liked them. It was different. It was something else. Dude, the song isn't bad. Okay. It's not really bad. I didn't know he had a video for this. What <laughs> the fuck? I, I please people go watch this video. I've never seen it. Oh yeah. my God. So it's Mark Bowles lip syncing to Jeff Scott Soto's vocal. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, this makes fucking Dio look like like he's on the Sunset Strip with with chicks looking like that. That's how like over the top Dungeons and Dragon and silliness this is. It's Viking it is metal. Brutal. Viking metal. Oh my god, it's awful. And then when they get the fucking old sorcerer guy comes on stage, <laughs> I just fucking 
by myself watching it started dying laughing out loud. <laughs> Zeus, I, Zeus, I just want to tell you that episode that we talked about doing with you, we're going to change that. Oh. <laughs> just Jeez. just so you... Well, well, I, I don't I'll have a problem with later. Mountain. I, I don't I, honestly, I like it. Some of his stuff, I think it's pretty good. The song's really not that bad. I told you, I had Sleeping Bag at 20 and I would still listen to it. So yeah. none of these songs are really bad. It's just, I like the other ones. They're catchier. That's all. Uh, Tommy, can you talk your some sense into your partner here? <laughs> no, I, I think I, it sounds like the, the, the video kind of poisoned his selection. <laughs> Cause I, I know how Zeus is with videos, but I, I, I love, I mean, I know I had it nine, but um, it's Ingve. I'm a huge, huge fan, especially the, the, this, the, the music in this song is just, Oh, it's, it's awesome. I love Ingve. This is, it's a great song. <laughs> Yeah, righty, you guys are always talking about 80s Alice is the best Alice. I would say 80s Ingve is the best Ingve. You agree? Oh, yeah. oh beyond a shadow of a doubt. Oh, yeah. um, once he gets past, I don't know, maybe Fire and Ice, which you guys probably don't even know that album. Yeah. Um, terrible. And actually, he fucking sings now on his albums because he's, <laughs> yeah, why? He's, sick of, uh, he's sick of dealing with lead singers. Please stop for the love of God. Stop fucking singing. Agreed. And, um, he's brutal to see. I don't know if you guys, if any of you guys have ever ever seen him live. Um, I saw him live in 86. He opened up for Triumph fucking fantastic. It was when um trilogy was out. Kick yeah. ass, fucking awesome. And then we saw him about five years ago. Brutal. Fucking <laughs> brutal. And I think it was the same thing that Steven and Sonny saw. Um, oh yeah. Uh, one of the pre-shows, Rock, Rock, yeah. Rock, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. fucking brutal. Mm. Just absolutely, just like uh, it makes you want to run out in fucking traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but um, <laughs> the, the, the old, old, I loved, I loved it. Like the first four albums are, are untouchable for him. I, I love them. I think they're great. But um, I'll see the light tonight. Excellent, but. Yep. Um, I, I'm afraid to watch the video now. Needless, needless <laughs> sure, to say, to. <laughs> needless to say, Sonny and I left uh, early for that show a little bit. Oh my god, that show was brutal. But <laughs> did, did he have did he have three quarters of the stage with Marshall Stacks oh, yeah, and the other yeah. guys like in just one little corner? No, yeah, so the well, band we was off DC, stage. Yeah, he would have the whole stage. So you know how? Imagine there's a stage set up. There's tons of cabinets. Blah blah blah. There's one mic in the center. Like it's fucking American Idol or something, right? He comes up to the mic in the center, and then the you know the 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 smoke and all that shit starts to dry ice, and he starts doing his little twirly shit or whatever he does, right? And then so then I hear drums. I'm like, "Where's a drummer?" There is a you know where the He's mixing like, board is on the side underneath the canopy. The drummer's there, right? Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. "Oh shit, Ingve must yep. be singing." And then I go, "Wait a second, Ingve's not singing. The singer's next to the drummer." And then I'm like, oh, he must be piping in the, the bass and the keyboardist. Nope, they're with the drummer underneath no, the canopy, he, too. Yeah, he's over there, too. Yeah. Unbelievable, dude. You know what? Brutal. It's fucking terrible. You know, yeah. Zeus was mentioning the Dungeons and Dragons uh, that happened in this video with the sorcerer and everything, but all that talk, and nobody decides to mention the fact that Mark Bowles looks like Frankenstein. You put a couple of bolts <laughs> in his neck, and oh, he's got the big, the big forehead. <laughs> what are you talking about? Steven, I texted you screenshots of it. <laughs> you remember? I texted the group. Are you, I, I remember like, that. I was like, isn't the fucking guy <laughs> like... <laughs> I forgot about that. Like I forgot. Mexican or something? I'm like, oh, <laughs> is this guy? 
<laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Awful. <laughs> BC, you had it at number six. Jeff Scott Soto, is that what gets it to six? Uh, I love his vocals, but at this time, I'm trying to think why, how I picked up on Yinve. But I, 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 Steve said it or not, I mean, early Yinve is great. It was different from the other guitar players at that time. So, of course, you're drawn to it, but uh, you can't go wrong. Uh, Steven, I liked where you ranked oh. it. But there's no way Sync the Pink is better than the song. I'm sorry. Oh. It is. There's because no way. They don't have Frankenstein and uh, freaking <laughs> <laughs> a sorcerer in it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, we, we got you over here, buddy. What happened? Oh, <laughs> I couldn't hear Steven because those two guys are mumbling, so oh. I didn't hear what he said. I said it's better because they don't have a sorcerer and Frankenstein in the video. Yeah, uh, Tommy, what's a, what do the listeners think? Or there are no comments talking about Ingvate, so I don't, they, they must not be Ingvate fans. They, 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 we must not have any Ingvate fans out there. Yeah, this is eighties. I know. I don't know. Not today. <laughs> All right, so our collective number seven. Somebody had it in number 17. Somebody had it at number two. No charting for this. It was their third studio song. I get it. People love this band, but they have much, much better songs. This Midnight Dynamite song is shit. I don't know how. Steven, number two. Come on, dude. Midnight Dynamite's a fantastic song. No, it is not. Oh, it's a great song. Straight out of uh, straight out of the book of ACDC. This is this is definitely them at the height of their ACDC phase. I love Kicks, man. I like this song. I love this album. Uh there's nothing wrong with this song. It's a great rock tune. Zeus, uh, do you have any love for Kicks? You put this dead center, but uh, love for Kicks in general? No, I mentioned this to Steve the other day. I said, like, I only know, like, four or five songs for theirs. And the four or five songs of Kicks that I know, I actually like them. And then that's when Steve uh, Steve was telling me, you should listen to more of their stuff. But I don't really know much of them, but I do like this song. I never heard this before. And then all of a sudden I heard it. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking catchy as hell. And there's a song that it reminds me of, and I wrote it down, and now I can't find it. Come back around. I'll, I'll think of it. But I, I just, it was driving me nuts. And it was one of those things like, I can't text it to you guys. You'll tell me to save it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm a Kicks fan on some things. I will tell you every single song on Blow My Fuse is better than this song, in my opinion. Tom, you had it dead center too. Yeah, like Zeus, I'm a fan of, I mean, Blow My Fuse is an gr- awesome album. Uh, I feel like Kicks is, you know, when you talk about like 80s, like hard rock, hair metal, whatever, nobody really mentions their name. They had a lot of hits. I mean, you Cold Blood, Blow My Fuse, this, I mean, then the ballad, Don't Close Your, I mean, they're a good band. I actually really enjoy the lead singer's vocal style. I I, I think this song is catchy. I, I, I think the bridge to the chorus in this song is like melodic. And then it gets kind of hard rocking and stuff. I, I, I like this song. I mean, Blow My Fuse is the stuff that everybody knows, but I think Midnight Dynamite, I, I like it a lot. I don't know how the hell you had it 17, but that's okay. Uh, Sonny, that- I thought of it. It was Street Fighting Man. That's what came to my mind oh. when I when the beginning of this song came on. Yeah. 
that sounds worse too. <laughs> I don't like that kicks? song either. Street you Fighting Man from Kicks? No. I don't no, like Street Fighting no, Man from period. the Stones. I'm saying the Stones. It sounds like Street Fighting oh, Man in the beginning. Oh, okay. A Midnight Dynamite. It sounds like that. And then okay. Sonny jumped in. He doesn't I don't like, like that song either. <laughs> Righty, you had it at number six, and now I'm now I'm thinking all you guys are East Coast guys, and Kicks was an East Coast band. You didn't yeah. hear a lot of kicks here on the Maybe West that, Coast. That, that, that could, could be it. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you what. Because we were listening to LA Guns yeah. when kicks was big on your side of the world. Okay. Yeah. Righty, how about you? Number six, pretty good. Yeah, we saw kicks. They opened for fucking everybody out here. Everybody. We've probably seen them probably 40 times. Um, they're, they're the band that I've seen the most ever, ever. Um, Steve Whiteman <laughs> is a fucking fantastic front man. How, yep. how did you, how did you end up picking, uh, this song for this? Was it a single or, or you just picked the title track off the album? Uh, I picked the song, um, just because it got released in October. So I figured it was a song that uh, most people oh, okay. would like. Because off the album. this is probably the one of the weakest songs on that album. If you like "Blow My Fuse," there's way, way, way better songs on Midnight Dynamite album than the title track. And I had it number six because it's still a great song. And um, on the cover of that album, where he's singing with the microphone, this the the stick of dynamite with the fuse. Yep, he used to actually open the show with that microphone as a stick of dynamite with the fuse lit nice. but he's apparently he's, you know after the the great white thing he's not allowed to do that anymore <laughs> but, um and i remember we saw them for this tour at a small venue near us and it was it was one of the like top 10 show ever just wow. absolutely fantastic huh mm-hmm. no they, they headlined okay yeah. wow it was one of the shows the headliners i mean kicks is fantastic like you said they they're an east coast band Yep. But um, if if you're not into kicks and you like you know the the hair metal stuff, um, and you haven't really checked out kicks, give them a shot because they are fucking excellent. And Steve Whiteman is a phenomenal fucking frontman. They are yeah. a well oiled machine. They are consistently yep. great live every time. Wow, they're road dogs to death. Yeah, BC, you've probably seen these guys twenty five times. <laughs> More than that, really. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, we were at most of the shows together. Yeah, we, yeah. we seriously have probably seen them I've forty seen them times. Forty times easily. I mean, they open up for everybody. Everybody. If there's a show on East Coast, Pennsylvania, they were playing. Wow. But uh, I ranked this so high because uh, it's a great album. Like Steve said, it's not one of the strongest songs on the album, but to me, it's a great album. It's got a catchy, catchy chorus. I don't understand why these guys never became bigger than they were. I don't know what it was. Yep. It's a good point. Sonny, I know when Blow My Fuse came out when we were in high school, that album was huge. Yeah. Like, like I mean, but like I said, between Cold Blood and then the ballad was huge. And BC is right. Like, you, you, I mean, you had the monsters of the 80 hair metal scene, but Kicks is like, like nobody really talks about them. And I feel like they're like tremendously underrated in that era. And, and, and I think you're right. East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. I, I, I think they didn't have, uh, at, at that point, they were more of a, and like Zeus said, like a rock and roll type thing, like a Stones type thing. Yes. They didn't have a shredder either. Yeah. They were more hard rock than like glam metal. So I think that's kind of why they didn't mm. you know, quite fit in with, you know, everyone else that was out there at the time. And so yeah. you said you didn't really see them on the West Coast. 
Yeah. And there is an East Coast, West Coast thing here because mm-hmm. you talk to the folks in Cal, and it's more a California Northeast, really. You talk to the folks in California, they really don't know who Kicks is, but everybody knows who Y&T is if you're into this music. Mm-hmm. You get to the same Northeast, nobody knows who Y&T is, right? And Y&T was doing the same thing here. It wasn't really hair metal. It was more garage-type rock. Mm-hmm. They had a smidgen of hit with Summertime Girls, and they fell off the face of the planet from a popularity standpoint. So um, Kicks and Y&T are basically probably cut from the same cloth. Yeah, East Coast, yeah. West Coast versions of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very couple good. comments. How about some comments? Yeah. So going back to Ingve, Jason Kearney says there's only enough room on stage for Ingve's ego. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, Mark Mursalem, who who I'm assuming is uh, related to Tony, it's his brother. Okay. Hey, Mark. He's, so he just says the Stones suck. <laughs> that's his kid brother. That's who he is, man. Okay. Um, Brad jumps in again. Kicks is awesome. This is when they really started following ACDC sound and album song titles. Midnight Dynamite, Blow My Fuse, Hot Fire. Uh, Mark jumps back in and says, Whiteman is amazing. Uh, Cindy says, West Side Theater. Yeah, we, we, we saw, saw them. Uh, they, oh, okay. they actually opened up for they opened up for Ace Frehley in 87 uh, before, wow. okay. before um, Frilly's comic came out and she, or 85, I'm 85. sorry. And then okay. they opened up for Quiet Riot in 83, right when, um, wow, uh, Metal Health was starting to hit. They opened up for them there. And actually, it's, it's Cindy Russick. So when you pronounce her name, that's, oh, she's, sorry. She's a friend. Sorry, of Cindy. So sorry, I just Cindy. Want to to correct that. She, she, she's awesome. She's a great, great metal fan. Awesome. And yeah, like they were two shows that they played here and, and, and they were early because we actually saw them when they, uh, in 83, they were the, uh, the cool kids album was out when they, cool. they opened up for that. So, I mean, just fantastic band. I was just looking up their discography on Apple music. They came out with an album in 2014. Yeah. Yes. It's really good. It's wow. good. Wow. Uh, Mark also says Whiteman is Jagger that can sing. Wow. What's up with the stones? Heath? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, all right. Hey, Mark's your guys's age too. So He's yeah. Um, all right. So our number six, it's an interesting one because on October 1st of 85, it was on the billboard 100 at number 35. The album didn't release until Halloween, but it was in a movie. So the song got all the way to number 10 and it was my number one song off this list. Pat Benatar, baby. Yeah, Sonny. Ooh, and I had it at number two. All yeah. right. So, We'll start with Righty here. Righty, right middle of the pack, man. This song is too good to be middle of the pack, baby. And it's funny because remember today when I texted our group and I said, "Is it too late to change our rankings?" Because <laughs> I was we I was actually stuffing envelopes today. I must have stuffed about a fucking thousand of them within the last two days for our fundraiser for the library. And and I was listening to the playlist, and this song came on. I'm like, holy shit! Like the from uh, you know the the legend of Billy Jean and the yep. song it, it's a it's a fucking powerful song and this was the reason that I wanted to maybe reevaluate my list because I, I I love that song and it's it's and I've always said there's that um, I don't know if it's certain notes that that um, artists hit and that gives me that <gasps> catches my breath that awe factor and this is one of those songs fucking absolutely love it. it it's it should be in my top five i have it ranked as nine on mine but it sh- it should be higher absolutely fucking love this song it, it's my it's actually it's my favorite pat benatar song wow wow bc this song is no way worse than money for nothing come on dude <laughs> that's insane 
<laughs> like I said, uh, like uh, from from ten down could be, except for maybe the last two songs in my top twenty. I, I like Pat Benatar. I mean, I'm going back to 1985. She really wasn't on the radar back then, but now, I mean, I've watched quite a few of her uh, live performances, and she she's phenomenal. But uh, I don't know. Amongst these songs, I kind of put it where it was. Yeah. Uh, Steven, Helen Slater alone deserves better than number 16. <laughs> I wanted to cry when she cut her hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, again, we're not ranking movies. <laughs> the legend- <laughs> we were at actresses. We didn't even get the movies. <laughs> the Legend of Billy Jean. I, you know what? I agree with a lot of what Steve Wright said. It's a powerful song. The movie did wonders for this song, and I've certainly shared my love of Pat Benatar on the podcast before. I've cited her as being one of the key individuals uh, responsible for directing me down the path of hard rock. There's no way in hell this is her, her best song, Steve Wright. God, you're nuts. But uh, I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> but she's, you know, I like the classic hard rock and Pat uh, and I like a lot of her other stuff, but it comes down to on this list for me, the other stuff that's in front of it, because I think I ranked this song number 16, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the other stuff in front of it is heavier and harder rocking for the most part. Um, I think so. I just, uh, yeah, it just fell back for me, but I like the song a lot. It's not my favorite Pat song, but uh, love Pat Benatar, man. Yeah. Zeus, Holly Knight written. You like oh, it? It doesn't, it doesn't need matter. Like who writes it? Pat Benatar is uh, just so. It, what pisses me off the most when I think of her is that she's not in the rock and roll. If she's not what like the leading voice in rock and roll in the eighties, I don't know who is. Like her voice alone should have put her in the rock and roll hall of fame. It's ridiculous. Uh, I love this song. I didn't like We Belong, and then she did this, and this got me back to liking her. I could have put this higher. Again, I don't have any real reason why I put this at 11. I could have easily had in the top five as well. It's a fucking great song. Her voice is phenomenal. Phenomenal, but it's not, you know, Promises in the Dark. It's not Fire and Ice. Nah. It's not as good as those songs, nah. but it's still incredible. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, again, it pisses me off. She's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. And I got to take a step back and go back to what you said. Dude, Helen Slater in the 80s. Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Smoke oh, show. Man. Smoke show. Good. Oh. <laughs> Come <laughs> here, Supergirl. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So this song needs a metal cover. There's some Finnish band like 20 years ago did it. I've never heard of them. But this song could be done uh, really, really well by like a striper. So somebody needs to metal this song up a little bit. But Tommy, I, I agree with Steve Wrighty that this is Bat Benatar's best song. I'm assuming no. you do too. Uh, hey, I'm not going to try Tom. She is Becky Galke on Seinfeld. Oh, that's right. Oh, Jesus, that's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah good call, Steve. Uh, but back to the it's I'm not gonna try to convince someone that this is her best song. It's probably 
it's probably my favorite song, but you know, like Zeus said, fire and ice, you better run promises in the dark. I mean, I, I love shadows of the night. Like I love, I love Pat. I love Pat Benatar. Um, her, her, her vocal range, her melody, the music kicks ass, especially early Pat Benatar. And this song has always been just an unbelievable standout. You know, the chorus, just her voice. It's just an amazing song. I'll be honest. With you, I didn't, I, maybe I'm on an Island here. I didn't even think of the movie. I, once you said it, I remembered it, but the movie, the song is just, is just such a standout. Um, and I, I just love Pat Benatar and one of my biggest regrets is never being able to have seen her live. And I wish I could have done that because she's great. She's still out there. Yeah. Right. With she's you. still yeah. out there. She played, th- there's a club, there's a club up in New Hampshire that has, um, that has bands. I, I go to all the time, obviously not this summer, but she used to play there frequently. And I just never got up there to see her. Uh-huh. You know what? Fuck threw me off is like she bills herself now with her husband yeah yes. and, and her and her name yeah. his name yeah. is like Geraldo or something why is Pat Benatar playing with Rico Suave what the fuck is that but apparently she bills him I, mean, I remember the her I remember her whole band from those 80s videos and her husband always he was always jacked up with the fucking sleepless tees yep. showing <laughs> off. Uh, but she fucking rocked the eighties. She was yep. so good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rico, Tommy, <laughs> uh, can you read some comments? <laughs> yeah. So uh, back to um, Kicks. Jason Kearney says Kicks was only known here in the West for being in the ads in the back of Hit Parader. <laughs> He's right. Absolutely <laughs> right. Before. Um, their big hit, uh, their album, what's the name there? Um, Blow My Fuse. Blow My Fuse. I remembered in like metal magazine circus and stuff. Like, yep. why does this fucking small little shit band always put their advertisement? I never even saw a video of theirs. I didn't know they were real. And then all of a sudden that cold blood came on. I was like, yep. Oh shit. This band is real. Yep. Yeah. I remember those ads. Good call. Brad says uh, Le- legend of Billy Jean. Um, great groove. Our, our buddy Chris Vickery says, hello, guys. Uh, and then he says, so true, Zeus. And I think he was referring to when you were talking about Pat Benatar not being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and voice the 80s. Yeah. Brad says, all fired up is her best song. That song is fucking amazing. Great call. Uh, Daryl Albro says, heartbreaker. Can't yeah. argue with oh, that. Oh, Daryl got it right. Can't, <laughs> yeah, can't, can't argue with that. I mean, just awesome stuff by Pat Benatar. All right, so our top five. Uh-oh. With us six fuckos is Rat Bon Jovi, Night Ranger, Kiss and Wine. Big surprise. I was just going to say big shocker. <laughs> big surprise. <laughs> yep. That five of our probably most favorite bands between the collective six of us yep. end up in the top five. So our number five collectively, <laughs> uh, the song never charted. Billboard 200. The album got to number 20, 81, 81 on October 1st, 85, it dropped to 131 by the time Halloween came around and it topped at number 70. It was BC's favorite song on the list and righty's number two, YMT's open fire. Zeus, you going to have to explain yourself. Um, if I want to listen to a Sammy Hagar album, I'll Ooh, put on Sammy fucking Hagar. Wow, but I don't wow, want to put on. Wow. Wait, 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 hang on one second. <laughs> Man. Wow. I mean, you know, I Sammy mean, Hagar I mean, got his stuff from them, right? 
I don't know, but he sounds just like Sammy Hagar. Um, <laughs> it's it's all right. I thought this was sucker in a three piece when I heard it first. Oh, if you did, it would have been the best oh, song God. on the list. Oh shit! <laughs> best, best song on the list. If it was that, <laughs> that's what I would. That's what I thought. It sounds like such fucking Van Hagar song. I, I don't even know it, Sonny. I played. I saw a couple. Like you know, I try to find it on YouTube and stuff. It's all right. It's nothing bad, but it's not fucking catchy. It sounds like to me, literally, like sucker in a three piece, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Tommy, you're coming around to YNT a little bit, and honestly, that is, I got to give you kudos, my friend, because before we met each other, all I knew about YNT was summertime, summertime girls, girls and contagious, oh, and, and, and I knew about, um, and from satellite radio, I knew about uh, Mean Streak, Don't Stop Running, but. When you turn me on to the Black Tiger album, like I am, I'm. It's kind of like what we just said about Kicks. I'm a huge fan of this band. Real hard rock and melodic hard rock. I like his voice. I think this song is great. I mean, it could have been higher, but you know, with my ranking, you know, I didn't know where to put it. But I, I like this song. I like Y and T, and you know, I, I give credit to you for that because I know that they're you're a huge Y and T guy. But they got a they got a really a lot of good stuff. Yeah, Y and T is a top. 10 band for me the yep. only reason i even rank this at 10 is because i like the studio version better um yep. but righty you're right there baby there was no way yt was coming out of the top two for you oh uh, no no absolutely not they they were a band and we talked about the the the, the kicks yt east coast west coast thing and i was on board and me and my buddies with with yt since mean streak it was one of those impulse buys it was my my buddy bought it like hey look at the out this album cover so i'm gonna pick this up and we were hooked, like, right from then. You just, as soon as you drop that needle and Mean Street comes on, you're, like, you're, you're hooked for life. Yep. And um, and when the album Open Fire came out, I was like, holy shit, friggin' fantastic. And there's no way that this song, out of all these songs here, would be out of my top five or top three. Yeah. And BC, I know you're a big Y&T fan. I'm going to give it the first one of the night. <laughs> Y and T. There you go. <laughs> TPD guys are constantly put out. They're so underrated. Uh, did Tom say something about uh, Y and T being like kicks? But yeah. I mean, to me, Y and T album wise had stronger albums. I mean, Dave McKinney is phenomenal guitar player, underrated guitar player. Uh, this is a band in my book that keeps getting better and better. And there's that list is very short nowadays. Yeah, yep. if if we would have been doing 1982, this would have been number one for me because I just love the studio version. Uh, Steven, same thing for you. Is it because it's a live track? It got so low. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I like the uh, studio version, but um, yeah, love Y&T. Love this song. Great song. All right, so here we go. Top four. Hold on, hold on. Couple comments. Our buddy oh, yeah, Chris. Our, our buddy Chris said he saw Y&T in 1984. Nice. Um, and then Chris again says, "In Rock We Trust" was great. Uh, oh yeah, never got to see Y and T until the two thousands, probably two thousand fourteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like, and, and that's the the dichotomy of it. Like, we've seen Kicks a million times, and we yeah. like mid two thousand, late late two thousands before we finally got to see Y and T. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so our top four. Number four, October 1st, 85, wasn't even on the charts. By Halloween, it was number 65. The album was out, 
October 1st because it was number 60 on the Billboard 200. It got all the way to number 22 by the time Halloween came around. 13th studio album. The album topped out at number 20. The song topped out at number 51. It was Tommy's favorite song because it's off Tommy's favorite album, Asylum. No, I didn't so say that. explain yourself. <laughs> Look, when you, when you, it's pretty obvious. When you give me a list of 20 songs and one of them is Kiss, it's automatic number one. I mean, that, that's my, I, I'm, I'm like, an, my brain just is, you know, Scorpions 20, Kiss 1. Like, that's how it works. It's just automatic. Um, that's Tears of Fallen. It's Kiss. I mean, again, the, the, the three remaining songs are just all absolutely awesome. You know, maybe I had them ranked in different places, but it's Tears of Fallen. It's Kiss. Come on. Righty. Come on. You didn't like the Bruce and Water and no, you didn't Fallen. Like, they uh, certainly are. You didn't like all yeah, that? When I first listened to this list, it was Fatigue Factor, and that was the number two reason that I texted today. Can I, you know, re-rank my, my album? Just a fantastic song. And actually, it's funny because when we did the uh, the live cast about the Kiss albums with uh, – for the year, the 10 albums. Yeah. And, and I did my rankings and my, and I think I had it, I don't know, like 30 something. My wife, she fucking hates that song. She's like <laughs> way too high. <laughs> and I think it's really, wait, yo, she, she can't stand it. I don't know what it is. She fucking hates that song. Wow. So, um, but I mean, it, it's fantastic. And, and like I said, that was one of the reasons like, and I looked at my list today cause I, I listened to it when it first, we first did the list. And then I revisited the last couple of days. And I'm like, why did I put this where I put it? So it, it it needs to be higher in my rankings. It's it's it, it's a great song. The solo the solo in it alone alone just um, just catapults it right up there. Yep. BC two eighties kiss for you. Y- yes, I, I I have down to see. I think it's a little bit of fatigue. Uh, I love the guitar riff and solo, but. To me, the thing that really brings it down to me, I'm going to get shot for this, is uh, Paul's vocal is just, I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint. It's something about the vocals. That turns really? Out. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why. Wow. Uh, Steven, you're a fan? Yeah, I love this song. It's a great song. Kiss classic. Uh, 80s Kiss classic, I should say. Yeah. And Zeus uh, Asylum is obviously one of your favorite albums, too. It's Kiss. There's no such thing as anything that bad. So, look, I've said this when we reviewed Asylum. This is a rare Paul Stanley Kiss song where I like the verses better than the chorus. I love his voice in that. I don't know what it is. And I remember it as a kid when this first came out. And then when this song, even the solo, and I would bring my boom box into the shower with me and play my metal song. And I would be like, yeah, fuck it to the solo, <laughs> thinking I'm Bruce Kulick and stuff. I fuck it. That solo rocks. Was it plugged it makes in? makes the song. He would wait till the solo to turn the water on. Was yeah. it? Wait, 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 wait. Now. Just now. Yeah. Zeus, was it, it, it plugged in? <laughs> was it plugged in? <laughs> when, when you took your boom box in the shower, was it plugged in? Yeah, I didn't take it into the shower with me. <laughs> You said you did. <laughs> yeah, into the bathroom. How's that? Okay, I, I didn't know how to simplify it. But regardless, the song kicks ass. The vocals on it are fantastic. I, the chorus is a little too psycho circus for me, but yeah, the rest of it is fantastic, especially Bruce's solo. It's just legendary. In the video, of course, you know, it's as much as there's fatigue in there, 
you know, and the top, my top three have fatigue. Uh, this is still, this is still, um, you know, classic for me. Yeah. That's the only reason it got to six for me was it was fatigue factor, right. Compared to some of these other songs that if, believe it or not, if love and every minute comes on, I'm like, I want to listen to it. Cause I don't hear it that oh, often. Oh God. So, Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so our third collective song, which is very interesting. Nobody had it at number one, but it, it's collectively our third best, uh, song. October 1st, 85, it was ranked at number 23 on the Billboard 100. It dropped to 44 by Halloween. The album was at number 16 on the Billboard 200, dropped to number 37 by the time Halloween came around. Their third studio album, the album actually topped out at number 10. The song topped out at number 19. My guess why nobody had it at number one is the production is not awesome. But BC... It's a hard time loving you sometimes because I don't know if it deserves number two, dude. Come on, why not? It's Night Ranger. So? And Sonny had it ranked worst, and that's your band. That's not my band. That's not in my top ten. Night Ranger? Ranger, I like Night Ranger. It's not in my top ten bands. Oh, when I think of Night Ranger, I think of you too, Sonny. Me too. I don't know why. It's just because they're Bay Area. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have Midnight Madness as a Desert Island album for me. But uh, maybe I that's why I think that songs. Yeah, okay. I love them also. But BC two is high, dude, on this list. Uh, I mean, it's a combination of I love Night Ranger. Uh, I agree with you on the production part, but for the last few probably months, almost six months or more, I've been on a, a, a this album has been in my maybe I don't know. I just keeps going in the player. I love this. I love Night Ranger. I love this album. Uh, I remember seeing these guys on American Bandstand. I mean, to me, Night Ranger is it. I mean, between Night Ranger and YT and this group of songs, yeah, they're my one and two, and they they could have went either way. Steven, this song was written at four in the morning. That's why it's called that. Yeah, number six. You like the song? I do like the song. I like Night Ranger. I'm a big fan of Night Ranger. This was off uh, what the Seven Wishes record? Yeah, yeah, yes. Like it says on the sheet, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, does it say that on the sheet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure enough. There you go. It also says what you ranked it, and you keep going, oh, I think I ranked it blah. It says it right there. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're a bully. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so mean to me. <laughs> Poony, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the song. Uh, it's not, uh, probably not in my top 10. Well, it definitely is not in my top 10 Night Ranger songs, but uh, I like the song good enough. I think it's catchy, melodic. It's a good song. Yeah. Zeus, this video wasn't that bad, right? No. <laughs> was this the one they were all like on like dreaming or something? And in the they're sand? like an aeroplane. Yeah, yeah. Their, and there yeah. was like a sand and they were yeah. like walking around the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm? You like the song though? Zeus? Are you asking me? Yeah, I yeah. actually really love the song. I thought it was really catchy. And you know, Night Ranger, it was one of those bands that, you know. Their first couple albums that came out, everything that hit MTV, I liked. Uh, and, you know, and then eventually what ended up happening is other bands to me seemed harder and, you know, louder and just a little bit more out there. And they kind of fell off, you know, into that lover boy kind of territory where, Jesus, we're not going to be as rocking as hard as these guys. Yeah. And they kind of lost their place a little bit, it seemed. Yeah. Tommy, number six, you're a Night Ranger fan, but uh, I'm assuming same thing happened to you is they got into this movie shit and just became like a ballad band almost. 
I, I don't, that doesn't bother me though, because I love, I love his voice. I, I Night Ranger's a band. It's kind of weird for me. I've gotten into them. Like as I gotten older, I've enjoyed them more than when they were like at their peak. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I like their hits at their peak, but now it's like, I feel like that's been happening a lot with some of these bands where like, as I've gotten older, I like revisit bands that maybe I missed out when they were huge. And now I'm like, shit, these guys are really, really good. And they have, their catalog of albums is, is, I mean, just tons of great stuff. Their melody, their hooks, the vocals, they can rock out when they want to. They can be a little bit softer when they want to. And four in the morning is just, uh, it's a great track. I mean, six for me, you know, again, it could have been anywhere in, in the top, you know, five or 10, but it's a, it's a great song for me. Yeah. Righty. I know you're a Night Ranger fan. Would you say that if Y&T or Kix had a sister Christian, they'd be just as big right now? No. Ooh. Pro- probably. I, I don't. I don't know. But I mean, the kicks had don't close your eyes, and it didn't. You know. Yeah, that's get, true. Get I guess. them to the level of, yeah. um, you know, Sister Christian. But um, Night Ranger is a top five band for me of all mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. Wow. Love them. Um, did you they, pre-order they, all that? Did you pre-order all that new vinyl coming out? I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I did. Nice. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Um, love them. And, and I'll tell you what, in, right. in the, the, the power of Night Ranger for me, I look at it this way. Fucking Brad Gillis left Ozzy to go with his boys in Night Ranger. Yep. And um, and I could probably say the first two Night Ranger albums are Desert Island albums for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. fucking love them. And, and I'll tell you what, Seven Wishes is not that far behind. And and even their stuff after that, I don't they I don't think they've ever put anything out that is bad. Four in the morning is uh it's probably not in my top 20 Night Ranger songs, but it's above anything else that we've talked about tonight because it's it's yeah. Night Ranger. I, I absolutely fucking love those guys. Fantastic. As far yeah. as this list, both Y and T and Night Ranger are so phenomenal live. How can you not love these guys? Wow. Nice. Okay. How about some comments? Uh, Let's see. Night Ranger. This is, let's see, Brad. Love Night Ranger. The keys are just too overbearing for me in this song. Yeah, they got, they got keyboard heavy. Like they, like a lot of bands. This is 1985. Um, Cindy is saying not one of their best, which is uh, okay. I I think four in the morning is a standout track for me, for them. I mean, they got tons of great stuff, you know, the, all the, that that kind of trio of albums, especially those two in a row that they had, was just standouts. But um, no, I think everybody's a fan of Night Ranger. There's a they're a band that, that I think their, their music like just still holds up. I mean, 35 years later, we're still talking about their music and how it still kicks ass. They're still putting out records. Yeah. Know? All right, so we're at the top two. It's either going to be Bon Jovi or it's going to be Rat. Uh-oh. And I'll tell you, this song. There was three people that ranked at number three. Zeus ranked at number one, second studio album. Uh, it was not on the charts in October. The song wasn't. The album was at number 51 on October 1st. On Halloween, it was at number 63. The song got to number 69 when it was all said and done. And, you know, there's a lot of people in and out of love with Zeus. But Zeus had this song, number one, baby. I know you love that old Bon Jovi. Oh yeah. Uh the song kicks ass. I was 
I honestly, this and the, the number one song, I flipped them like two or three times back and forth. Oh. I, I just, this might be a little bit catchier. The video, <laughs> it, it's, oh man, it's, it's, it is horribly bad. Bon Jovi's fucking ball sack in those fucking jeans are about to bust <laughs> wide open. And he's walking around like the Jersey trip with the fucking like other people are in like beach clothes and he's walking with this fucking long overcoat and a and a uh like Rob Halford biker hat on. Like there's no way you're not getting your fucking ass kicked looking like that. And it's just whatever. I but the the you know the the song kicks ass. This is like the best part of Bon Jovi where it's guitars. It's got a fucking great hook. The chorus is fantastic. Richie's playing is the type of playing that I want. Great riff. Boom. Guitar solo. Back to the chorus. John and, and they, and they were in a fucking zone back then before Slippery When Wet. This song absolutely kicks ass. Yeah. Tommy. 12's a little rough on this song. It's okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just start off by saying I've, I've never been a huge Bon Jovi fan. I, I like the hits off Slippery When Wet. I, I like this song. You know, I like some stuff off New Jersey. I just never got into Bon Jovi. Uh, this song's pretty good. The keyboards are ridiculous, especially during the chorus. I know it's the time. It's 85. Um, it's, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I. I just never really got into Bon Jovi and I, I don't know how, because I got into every other band that was around that era, but I just never, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. Like it's hard to explain. They just never really, they just never did it for me. This song's good, but the keyboards are just a little bit too ridiculous for me, but I don't know. I mean, I like the song. Maybe 12 is a little too harsh, but yeah. <laughs> Righty. You're at the age where you would have noticed when this song comes out, was this blanketed all over the East coast since he was a Jersey guy? Mm, not, really. not really um actually they they played here i saw them on this tour they played uh one of our you know semi-local venues that they would have a show at occasionally and um cinderella opened up for them great show and and were you at that show bc yes, yes. now didn't didn't bon jovi do a flying thing out to the back of the arena i don't know if i'm i'm, I'm imagining that or not but it seemed like a and he went out the. I don't know. I I I have to. I'll have to research that a little more. But I I like the album. I actually have my original vinyl of it. But like the the only bad thing I have to say about the song is the production of it. The production of that whole album is uh, like rather muffled compared to the the first one, mm-hmm. and then like you know way behind Slippery When Wet. But and Out of Love, fucking awesome. And um, I love the part when he goes, you want me to eat your what? (laughs) (laughs) Bring your girlfriend, bring your mom. mom. (laughs) Great song though. It's great. And and it's one that, and, and I actually, we, and we were talking about it before we came on here. I I really enjoyed Bon Jovi when they were actually a fucking rock band. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, I will tell you this. I was so into them. I had the VHS collection of their videos that came out before slippery when wet mm-hmm. yeah. so it had I the bon jovi too, actually I yeah it had that it had jovi. silent night on it yep silent yeah. night i loved their first two albums i didn't even 
like, and then when we talked about this when we did the Bon Jovi album, Sonny, when yeah. bon, when Slippery and Wet came out, I was like, that's my band. Yeah. You guys can't fucking like this now. It's bullshit. <laughs> you said the same thing about Dylan a couple times, Steve. You said that he had a band that he didn't want you guys to like. That, you know, when they get popular, he's like, stay right. away from them. Get the fuck right. out of here. This is my band. Yeah. I, I think. I, when, I, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I think Tommy had something like that too. He talked about his son. That happened uh, with my son. Yeah. When, when we talked, he's like, wait, that's my band. You can't like them. Yeah, you're band. not allowed. That is, yeah. That's yeah. what happened when Slippery When Wet got big. But their yep. first two albums are as catchy, as melodic as anything out there back in the 80s. Yep. Yeah. BC, your daddy's who? No, you like this song too? I'm surprised. I figured you for you this thing would be in the bottom half. Really? Why? No. Uh, just because I figured it just, you know, you like some of the harder edge metal, and maybe this wasn't as hard for you. I, I agree with you on that. But uh this song, I for this song, I really like it. It's got the harder Jovi for me. After the first album, I love the first album. This came out, I think Steve said production-wise, this album lacks, but just Probably about four songs on this album that really are Jovi's through colors back then. I have down just like this is rocking Jovi, fun Jovi. But yeah. overall, the album kind of lacked yeah. after yeah. their first album. Steven, was uh, Jen looking over your shoulder when you were filling out the list so you had to put this at three? or No, man. This, <laughs> oh, just wondering. I love this song. This song, <laughs> this song is probably... Uh, this song is probably what cemented my fandom back then for Bon Jovi. Uh, this song came out. I love this song. And then I saw them open up for <laughs> Rat on this tour. And they were amazing. They were so good when they opened up for Rat. They were like a well-oiled machine for sure. So this song and other songs on this record like Tokyo Roads and things like that, that's the killer yep. bond. That's my Bon Jovi baby. Yeah. And and it's funny for, for Tom's hatred for Scorpions. Um, <laughs> I actually got to see, they open up for Bon Jovi when I saw them on the worldwide live tour. Wow. And that was one of the things that kind of cemented. Like, I'm like, these guys are fucking good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Any Bon Jovi love on the comments? Uh, Al, the, the album is the best according to Cindy. Uh, I think I'm assuming she's talking about, about, uh, 7,800 Fahrenheit. Jason Kearney says at this time, I only knew one person that had this album. She had a huge crush on John. The one thing I remember about 7,800 Fahrenheit, it was one of the first records that my, my sister, who's four years older than, than me, we listened to a lot of like hard rock and stuff. And she had the 7,800 uh, Fahrenheit vinyl. Uh, that's, this is pretty much the only song I knew off that. Brad says, uh, Steve Wright, are you referring to the flying stunt they showed during the living on a prayer video? Yeah. No, um, for some reason, I, I seem to remember, I don't know if I dreamed it or what the fuck, but I, I want to say something Ooh. happened Ooh. at that oh, show John. where John Bon Jovi ended up singing Silent Night at the back of the arena. I don't okay. know. I, I may be, I may be fucking dreaming that, or you know, maybe passed like, out drunk Steven, somewhere. Even there know. was a dreaming Bon Jovi fuck silent. We can clip all that with a really nice tons of stuff there. Do what tons. you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. So many sound bites from this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought that. I, I can't I say no, make, but I can't. I don't say know yes. if it's just something. I don't know. Um, okay. Next. 
So our number one song, obviously, was You're in Love by Rat, just to give you some stats. Um, in October of 85, the song was not on the charts. Uh, on Billboard 200, the album was at number 25. On ha- By Halloween, it was dropped to 41. The album got all the way to number seven, and the song did hit the charts, but topped out at 89. To me, best riff on the list. The music video is cool because it's got the love scene clips and classic movies and cartoons. Don't know if you noticed, but Reagan's in the first clip and he's president. Hmm. But then Piercy starts singing. There was no way this was going to be number one for me. Righty. Come on. Like, hey, Stephen Piercy, how can this be number one? Dude, this is probably in my top three favorite rat songs. Absolutely fucking love it. There, there, there's nothing about this song that I don't like. The solos are fantastic. Um, you can live with Stephen Piercy on this song um, from Invasion of Your Privacy. Just, um, I love it. I, it's it's a fucking great song. That and um, you're in love. You you can't not you're in love. You're in. <laughs> you're, you're in, in love. love. Um, it, actually, we just I don't know who this is. that was. Something someone was just talking about. Um, it was it you guys? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know, it's not you're in love. You're <laughs> in love. Like you like there are two songs live, you can't separate them. Yeah. And it's just it, it's in my head. Absolutely love the song. It's fantastic. Yeah. BC, you got him at number three. And you know, BC, you know, we did an episode on why Motley was bigger than Rat. Why do you think Rat wasn't as big as Motley? Was it as big? It wasn't. Rat wasn't. I, I that's a good question because I really don't know because to me as soon as Out of the Cellar came on I was hooked on them this album came out and to me they keep they kept going the right direction yeah and I don't know why they weren't bigger than Crew but overall album wise I think Rap, Rap put out a few better albums than Crew music musically, musically Rap's music. better but Crew had the they, they had, had the machine every, behind them. They yeah. had they had more of a machine behind them. They had uh, the eighties. Plus, they were fucking up so much. They had so much. They're in the news all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they were out there more. Yeah. And and I in I don't know. I, I would take Warren D. Martini over Mick Mars, and even though Mick Mars is criminally underrated, underrated. But um, I don't know. Crew, I think they were just more not- notorious than than Rat, and I think that's why they gained the popularity. They were known for the crazier shit. Yeah. Stephen, I know this is your favorite album from Rat. Uh, oh no, this is not. Is a, it out of the cellar? Yeah, out of the cellar is definitely my favorite Rat record. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. record is great. I was at the shoot. I was at the video shoot for this song. Uh, they really? shot, yeah, they shot this at uh, Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi, Mississippi. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wow. I was there. Bon Jovi opened up the show, and uh, fantastic. I mean, this I love Rat. Rat's a top ten band for me, and this song is freaking awesome. Zeus Closet Rat fan? Not Closet. I love their stuff. Their first, I would say, five albums top five for me of this era and this type of music are you yeah. shitting me they are so much better than motley crew i'm sorry they are and i don't know why you don't like stephen pierce's voice i love it i think it's just one of those unique voices it goes well with the band he you know he can't change the genre like he he probably couldn't do anything else but he fits right into that it's like sleazy metal kind of 
hook and it just works. And it just, I can't explain that riff and Warren Martini is about as, you know, as far as riffs go and that type of music and that era as a kid, easily one of the best just knew how to make it rock. And the video was, is obviously better than Bon Jovi's. I don't know. I just have more affinity for in and out of love, but I love you're in love. I had it number one, a couple times and went back and forth. Um, it's a great song. Tommy, there is no way this song is worse than hungry for heaven. It's not possible. You have it ranked incorrectly. <laughs> oh my God. You know, you know, my, here's the thing. First of all, I agree with Zeus on all that. I rat love. I absolutely love rat. Okay. And I love this song, but there's probably about 10 rat songs that I like better than this. And I'll tell you why it's kind of like my, the argument I always make about kiss. I don't really like fast kiss. I like when rat kind of slows it down a little bit because they sound sleazier you know, like round and round or uh, back for more, lay it down. Nobody rides for free. Like songs like that. I think that's rats. I think that's when they sound perfect. This is a great song. It's, it's rat. Um, but I think the reason why hungry for heaven is higher, honestly, kind of the reason why some of these people, why some of you guys ranked some of these songs the, the way you did. I haven't heard hungry for heaven in so long and it's never, I never hear it. So you put it on the list. I made my playlist and I heard it for the first time in a while. And it just, I love that. I've always liked that song. I just never hear it. I hear you're in love all the time. I hear it on satellite radio. I hear it on my phone. It doesn't make it not a great song. It's just, it's just not one of my favorite rat songs, but it's rat. And I, I totally agree. Rat is just way better than Molly crew. Molly crew's first two albums, some of theater of pain. And then after that, that that's it. But give me, give me all the early rat. Yeah. So that's it. That's the top 20. If you look at the average uh, ranking here, sleeping bag is way worse than everything else. Like it is a yeah, dominant worse. Yep. There's, but to say that you're in love and in and out of love was dominant top songs. Yep. Right. Yep. In the, in the middle was the middle. So uh, there you go. Yeah. So a couple comments here, Cindy, she was excited. You're in love. You guys made my night. Uh, Chris also says, always liked Rat better than Motley Crue. Brad says, Brian Chapman, right on Rat better than Crue. And then he says, You're in Love kicks off an unbelievable one, two, three on Invasion of Your Privacy. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think I commented on you guys when you when, when you guys did your Rat Motley Crue episode. When I was younger, I absolutely loved Motley Crue. I liked Rat, like, but I loved Motley Crue. And as I've gotten older, kind of like what I was saying about like Night Ranger. I, f I find myself listening to way more rat now than Molly crew. I think I just think their music is just, mm -hmm. it's just better. The songs, the, yes. the song, the songs are better written. Just, they sound better. The music's better. Um, I actually, I love Stephen Piercy's voice. I think it's, that's why I think the slow rat songs are great. Cause he just sounds like just dirty, you know? I, I, that's why I like rat. <laughs> and I think, I think one of the reasons that I like rat so much as opposed to like a motley crew is the reason that they never became bigger than crew because rat sort of stayed the course they never really strayed too far from who they were whereas yep. motley crew were doing all these different things and doing yep. glam and you know they were always in the news and i get that but that's kind of my take on it a little bit yep exactly yeah home sweet home that's all 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if pretty you, much. Yeah. Home sweet home put them in a different stratosphere. Yep. Whereas Rat came out big yeah. with round and round and never was able really to keep up at that level as as far as the radio and stuff is concerned. Now, what what do we call that, Sonny? The home sweet home effect, isn't that what we yeah. called it on the yeah. episode? And we we all agreed that Piercy can't sing a ballad. Yeah, Rat had no ballad. Like that th- was. Yeah. Noteworthy. They yeah. had given yourself away to great tempo, but yeah, giving yourself away is their ballad. Great tune. Yeah. 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 Too late. That's a great I song. love that. Song. Yeah, that sounds excellent. That's real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. too late. Yeah, late in the game. You're right. They yeah. captured lightning in a bottle with "Home Sweet Home." They could never ever duplicate it. Yeah, no. no. I think on that, it, the timing was perfect. Yeah, Light MTV. In a yep, and, and that, that was that was all they needed. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I'll tell you about this list is so then I went back and took the averages and kind of compared them to our individual rankings. Yep. And the one that was closest to the averages was righty. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. And if you kind of look at his rankings compared to our averages, you can tell why. Because he was pretty much in the bang zone most of the way. Yeah. So him him and, and Steven had the, had the one in the, had the first and the last Zeus had second in the last. So yeah. the, you guys were close with your ones and twos. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was kind of, I was not. <laughs> yeah. Neither yeah. was I. What, 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 worse. what a 20 were like, boom, boom. Yeah. I knew that I knew that having the scorpions at 20 was going to screw everything up, but the, I, I, cause I know you guys all love the scorpions. So, but, but that, yeah, whatever. <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't kill in and out of love, that probably would have been number one, Tom. Yeah. It would have been, yeah. You're right. I had it yeah. at twelve. Look how much of a difference? Twelve to five. Yep. Because I, Sonny and Tom on You're in Love are nine seven. So yeah. I mean, you're right. Right. Yep. Yeah, wow. yeah. You're right. If I if I had In and Out of Love a little bit higher, that would have been the number one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yep. If you didn't, if you would have been right on Scorpions, it would have been in the top five, maybe. Oh, thank sure. God, I had to. I had to do my, <laughs> my. I had to do my civic duty by fucking it up and putting it in the top ten. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's in the top ten. So, yeah, I got <laughs> there were no live songs on here. Yeah, the only reason I put the live songs on is they were either on the chart or on the album charts, and I was having a hard time coming up with twenty that right. were closer to guitar-driven rock. Yeah, yeah. In right. October, right? So yeah. I was kind of looking at. If we were to ever do future episodes, you can do 85 several times because you got several months yep. right. versus just doing one year and then we can't ever do it again. Yep. Right. I just right. did the math. If if he just put coming home at 11, it would have been an 8.5. So yeah, that would have made it top six. six. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just under, um, just above yeah. Invincible. But yeah. I was playing with the sheet. I'm like, I'll, I'll just put ACDC at 120 and make it last. Because oh, <laughs> that's what it needed. Um, no. Every time I got a list from you guys, I'm like, God damn this song! Why? <laughs> I the, I am I am proud of us for having sleeping bag dead last because that that really is the standout piece of shit on this list. <laughs> Agree. Wait, wait, wait. Standout Stand piece of shit. <laughs> what's, what's that, Zeus? I'm saying that I think loving every minute has the biggest difference. The two and the 19 BC and Sonny. I'm not sure if there's anything with that much of a difference of 17. Do no, D- Dio split the world. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Cause I had it at four 
Yeah, but that's 17. Was, that's not 17 points. No, no, no. Yeah, right. There's not 17 in between, but it was yeah. the one that was the absolute splitting. Yeah, world. holy shit. Yeah, now that I notice it. <laughs> Four, five, and seven, and then 18, 18, 19. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, lonely. Um, Invincible had Sonny with one. I had it at two. Then Stephen Michael had it at 16. Um, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah, but 16, 11, and 13, that kind of, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not- I'm just talking. I'm just, you're right. But I'm just talking about some of the individual picks compared to other individual, like not yeah, across yeah, the board. Yeah. yeah. No, there's another one. That I'll see the light. I fucked you guys on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it been, yeah. It could have been top three. Holy it would have been top three. Would have oh, been wow. Four. Yeah. You had that, that at 19. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is nine or below. Wow. I didn't realize that. Oops. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. and, I don't even, and I don't even mind the song that much. And Sonny, Sonny fucked up Midnight Dynamite. He had that at 17. That would have been that would have been top five easy. I, I tried to put that one at 220. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it would have been higher. I think it was a different song picked from that album. Like if yeah. like if who like if all of us guys actually listened to the song, that's probably the weakest song on that album. So like yeah. if, if it was like uh, um, something like Lion disagree. or sax or something like that it would have ranked way higher i disagree it is not the worst song or the weakest song on that album it's one of them one of them and sunny saved uh never from you know really i mean it probably wouldn't have gotten last but you look at what we had and he had you had it at five. Oh, that definitely would have been 19 yeah oh easily 19 it, mm-hmm. it probably it wouldn't have competed with dead last <laughs> nothing was going to beat that <laughs> Sleeping bag. Sleeping bag. Horrible song. <laughs> Terrible. It's so bad. I, I do not want ZZ Top doing Duran Duran. I, I fucking do not. <laughs> Duran Duran. I'm going to listen to Duran Duran. Now. Hey, oh, who put who sleeping bagged our list? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, righty, righty. I think righty. I think you're off the hook. We 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 were making fun of you for drafting Mister Scary. Now now the, the joke. Now it'll just be a sleeping bag joke. We won't make fun of Mister Scary anymore because well, we all like Mister Scary. Yeah. We were just teasing you about you picking it, but sleeping bag is awful. Who's sleeping bag this list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the punchline now. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's not sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Good stuff. Uh, All right. Well, fellas, we're at two and a half. You about ready to start wrapping this up? Sounds good. Yeah, this is fun. I like this. This is the first time Zeus and I have ever done this. I know that uh, uh, part of the hell you guys did this with uh, with Sonny before. Um, I like this. I, this is a kind of a cool concept. It's fun. It's yeah. Fun. yeah. It is. Yep. Especially when some of the rankings are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, we, we did the '90s songs, and it was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? The '90s are a tough. If if you're not into grunge, the the '90s are tough for hard rock. You gotta like, oh, do, you gotta yeah, dig deep. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me. Put I, it do, I do at least. I do at least. I know you guys whole, have a different taste. Take the whole '90s and pick five songs that you yeah. like, yeah. and then put them up against what like five songs from a whole decade that everybody's picking. Yeah, it gets it gets crazy. Oh, that, that was a great episode. That list was yeah, nice. Yeah. And the only reason that Sonny wasn't on the episode with this was because it, we, we couldn't make it work time-wise. Well, I, I will say it's funny that you say it because w- one of the funniest parts of that episode was just having Sonny, was having you read his comments. It was like he was bombing uh-huh. the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Like, I like everybody, every, all of you guys were arguing, and then you'd read Sonny's comments. And it was like, <laughs> he was like, be a satellite shitting on the list. 
<laughs> yeah, it was good. So let's uh, let's go around the horn. We'll release this as a bonus episode in maybe a cool. week or so. We won't do any editing. We'll basically release it as is in about a week or so, like I said. But let's go around the horn. We do this once every month or every other month, and we just we uh, pass it around. So uh, last yep. month was shouted out loudcast. This month, the Grown Up Rock podcast took over, and I guess next month or whenever, uh, the Potter and Hell guys will take it from there, and we'll come up with a different theme. But let's go around the horn real quick and talk about uh, our podcast. You want to talk? Uh, want to start with you, Stephen BC? All right. (laughs) They ran out of beer. So thanks for having us on guys. It's always a blast talking with everybody. And then, and I, I do like it when, you know, even though we're not the most handsome men in the world, like we could at least (laughs) see who we're talking to. And, um, you know, we got Lex Luthor and we got, you know, we got Zeus with his Bruins hat on and Sonny with a cool maiden shirt on. Steve went good in MORC, <laughs> even though I, I wish that Jen would, you know, stop in and say hello to us because then, now where is know, she? Um, I don't know. Always a blast. Honey. To talk to what do you got? <laughs> Honey, can you come in here? Yeah, show oh. your face. That's not really metal calling honey in the middle of an episode, you know, honey, that's your, well, the number one song was you're in love. So yeah. you might as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thanks for having us on here, guys. We will, we will host the next, um, the live stream that we do between our three podcasts. Always a blast. Great seeing you guys. Uh, awesome topic. Oh, and it's, and it's funny. And I'm glad that, that Sonny actually explained the, the rationale to, to pick the songs that we talked about tonight yeah, it was because important. I was like, uh, like I said, I, I I had I had the list of albums that came out, and the thing I liked the most tonight was Sonny kept on saying Halloween or Halloween. He oh did. God, no. the whole episode. Yeah. I heard it three times. So uh, uh, the list was explained on the text, the first text of I, this live stream. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy and Zeus, thanks for having us. We it, it, it's awesome. Go ahead, Zeus. Zeus, Go ahead, Tom. Take over, brother. You got it. Yeah. So, shout it out, Loudcast. Yeah. If you're if you've never seen us or heard us, we're an all kiss podcast. We drop episodes on Saturdays. Um, You know, love hanging out with you guys. Whether it's uh, a regular recorded episode or these live streams, are always a blast. Sonny, thanks for doing the legwork for putting the list together and keeping the stats. Again, this is our my first time and Zeus's first time being involved in this kind of a project. It was a blast. So, thank you guys for having us. Good time. Thank you, guys. Awesome job by all. Yep. Thanks. We enjoyed doing this. If nothing else, just to shoot the shit with all you guys. We're all really well, good friends, and uh, we basically have a text that goes around uh, on a normal basis, but it's fun to jump up on here and do a live cast once in a while, especially when we've got a theme. Sonny, you got anything to add? Uh, heaven forbid we do anything with these guys less than two and a half hours, because, you know, since Monster got two and a half hours... This had to get. We deserve at least that. I'll I'll tell you right now, we kind of picked up the pace because we were about five songs in, and we it was like an hour, so (laughs) we kind of moved along pretty well. Oh, sorry, I wasn't going fast enough. We had to spend all that time talking about the shitty songs at the bottom of the list. That's what that's what took. It's kind of like what Zeus and I do in Monster. The shittier the music, the longer we talk about it. Right, but isn't isn't it funny? Like, like you talk way more about crappy shit than yes. 
Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you're right. Everybody yep. agrees on the good stuff. That's exactly. Yep. I'll, I'll try well, to have comments before we get going. Uh, let's see. So Sean Hammond jumped in and said, fucking poony. <laughs> and then uh, Matt Rustoven said, fly on the goddamn wall. Enough said. So that's a good that's a, that's a good that's a good way to bang out the show there. Fly on the goddamn wall. Enough said. I never owned that album. I said that before. Not a big fan of the mid 80s ACDC. Save your five bucks or save your yeah. 99 cents. It's in the clearance bin. Anyway. And, and right. He's holding it up right there. Of course, he has it right there because <laughs> he got in the clearance bin. <laughs> the checkout aisle at Walmart. All right. For all of us at the Grown Up Rock podcast, the Potter and Hell podcast and the Shout It Out Loud cast. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. We'll see you on the flip side. See you guys. Later. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. You take the midnight subway train. You call another shot. You strip a lightning. You're in love. Only living to have fun You want to use me, take me home tonight I'll make you wish that you were mine You're struck by lightning You're in love It's not worth fighting You're in love Well turn around, remember me I'm the one who's out in Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock.